finds you well. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find me in my small little corner of internet wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass in illogical madness. You can always listen to this episode and all other content on anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music Podcast, Samsung pa- Podcast Network, and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dropping a line, saying hi, or giving any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Place Cheshire. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, a full, well, almost a full week removed from the showcase of the immortals, the most stupendous two-night event, which we know as WrestleMania. Now, last weekend, we did give our thoughts, our predictions about the matches 
that were going to be previewed. And now it is time that we actually discuss it fully. And what I mean by fully is that we are discussing the SmackDown before WrestleMania. We are discussing NXT Stand and Deliver, and we are discussing both Night 1 and Night 2 of WrestleMania. And, of course, I can definitely not do this alone. It's a very big task. So, with me, I have my friends. The first one is, of course, my best friend, my brother from another mother, my hetero life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Monkey. How's it going? Oh, it's going. How's about you, Cheshire? Uh, you know, just a little sore from the gym. Started going back, trying to get them gains, you know, trying to look, you know, like what Robert Frank says, you know, try to get jacked, tan, juicy as fuck. But pardon my language, that's the only oh. F-bomb I'm dropping for tonight. Dang you, make it a PG-13 <clears throat> show. Only one that used it. Yep. Well, you and our other guests have your one as well, which I should introduce our guest. Now, she has been on the show multiple times, giving her insight on different wrestling events. She is Internet Wonderland Queen of Wrestling. We love her. We know her. It is Christine. And Christine, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. My God, that introduction gets better and better every single time. She's the queen of the ring. <laughs> The Queen of Queens. Oh, Jesus Christ. Did Triple you? H is here. Anyways. <laughs> and honestly, Christine will probably make a better uh, Queen of the Ring than freaking Queen Zelina. But, but, but Queen Zelina's got the British accent. It's I'm Queen Zelina. Did I forget I'm from the Bronx, so I speak with the British accent. She's bloody Puerto Rican. Close enough. If anything, she probably knows Dutch due to the fact that she's married to freaking Tommy End. Oh, sorry. Alistair Black, we have to remember. Malachi Wait, no. Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Malachi Black. My, my bad. Of the House of Black. The king of the House of Black. But anyways. Anyways. Now, we are here to discuss everything related to WrestleMania. We are here to discuss the matches. I mean, we had our predictions. Let's see if some of our predictions did come true. Let's give our honest thoughts on these matches, which we always do. And let's hope that we do not drop any more F-bombs because, frankly... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Disclaimer. Seeing how you're on this show, Christina, I didn't do it the last time. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. <clears throat> Warning. If you're listening to my melodious voice while driving or operating heavy machinery, stop. Park to the side. Let this melodious voice soothe you, calm you, and put you in a very unique state of euphoria while you soar the digital airwaves with us. You have been warned. All right, there we go. And then you got me, who's got this really shrieky voice that probably will keep you up at night, <laughs> tossing and turning, wondering what kind of demon you were listening to. Hey, we have a mixture of everything on this show, so it works out perfectly. All right, so first and foremost... It is Thursday night. It is. It is time for our favorite news segment, News with Jim Cornette. I'm a kidding. Uh, sorry, we didn't mean to. to <laughs> God damn it. Why the hell are you trying to put me on this show? I'm going to get Stephen P. New to come after you. Stephen New, Stephen G. New, Stephen P. New. Call Stephen. Okay. Anyways, quick shout out to Jim Cornette. If you ever listen to our show, please do not butcher us that much. 
He'll probably be like, okay, that one guy sounds all right. The other guy, God damn, is he like 12 or something? What the hell's wrong with that kid? I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, step, speak with some voice in your, bass in your voice. God damn it. Yeah, and, he, and I just, I would prefer not to get canceled before I get anywhere. So, you know, <laughs> just know that I'm only a guest here, Mr. Cornette. Um, yeah. I don't run this shit show on the daily. <laughs> no, that oh, is my no. job. That is my job to run this shit show, just saying. Let's get it right. You you run the show, I bring the shit, so okay. Yep, that works out. That works out. All right, so it is time for Monkey Coconut News. Welcome to Monkey Coconut News. I am Monkey. So, got a couple of bits of news here. Uh, since it was WrestleMania weekend, a uh, couple of bits of wrestling-related news. Uh, first one of all is the uh, unfortunate circumstances of the uh, Hall of Famer Ta- Tammy Lynn Snitch, formerly known as Sunny, uh, once again uh, driving, and she was driving under the influence of something, and has caused an accident which ended up being a fatal accident for someone. In the- so she has once again been arrested for that and now this is probably going to be her last and final strike on it so uh, yeah so before we continue on we we have to discuss this one right like we really do and christine i'm going to open up the floor to you what is your thoughts of sunny being arrested for the umpteenth time and this accident being now fatal god you just you hate to see it, right. honestly. Um, and obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers to the, to the family of, of the victim of the accident. Um, but, I mean, it, it just sucks to see somebody who had has so much promise, you know, their, their career and their life effectively be ruined right. um, by something like that. Right, and even Jim Cornette would probably tell it about how much that she had so much potential, so much ability that she, he was so pissed when they brought her to WWE and they just, you know, sidelined her as the, the TNA side piece, basically, that they show off. Not, no, not even mm-hmm. showcasing any of her wrestling ability, her, her major, even ta- talking other than, you know, just to rile up this guy or that guy every now and then. But not, not even any actual major promos with her. Right. Same yeah. thing they did with Luna, obviously, but... Right. At least they let Luna wrestle some, but they were like, well, you know, she's, quote-unquote, not pretty enough to be a, 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 a TNA thing, so she, she she needs to at least do something. So, look, Sunny has had so many chances. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't even feel comfortable calling her Sunny. Tammy had so many chances. Right. And, like, taking a look at Twitter and all the people that are shocked about the incident, like um, Francine... Right. From ECW, I mean, they're best friends. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the shock that Francine had about it and just everyone in the world of wrestling commenting on this, you know, Tammy had the opportunity to get her life turned around after the first incident. Right. And then the second, and then the third, and the fourth, and they, they lost count after and mm-hmm. I mean, even to my knowledge at this point, she was... Still under suspended license. She doesn't have a license. Well, she was under probation. She was, she had a suspended license. 
Um, of course, driving under the influence, which, you know, hopefully we'll get more news about that as it progresses. But the point is she had a lot of chances to get her life right, and she didn't learn. And it's upsetting that the life of an innocent put her to this point. And, you know, honestly, like quite a few people have said, you know what? She should have been locked up the last time and stayed locked up because she wasn't doing anything to help herself. Mm -hmm. And now, because looking at this from a legal standpoint, it is vehicular manslaughter that she'd be looking at. And she was in California, if I remember correctly. I think it was Florida, actually. It was Florida. Mm -hmm. So if she was in Florida, Florida. yeah, so if it was Florida and looking at vehicular manslaughter, I mean, mind you, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a practicing legal professional by any means, but knowing the law and with her track record, she can be looking at 15 to 20, roughly. At least, at least if not some Mm -hmm. kind of major like incarceration or even just permanent house arrest. Because I'm surprised that they didn't really have her on that, to tell you the truth, you know. As as a person, as a fan, you know, growing up and, and whatnot, it's like, you would think, hey, with all these things, you know, they know that she's got a problem. Yes, she's she's gone to rehab X amount of times, whatever, but in, they obviously see it's still a continual issue. It's like, right. the next step should have been, before, even if it wasn't incarceration, you know, a house arrest of some sort that, you know, hey, you know, it's not like she really, quote unquote, needed to go anywhere. You know, all of her, all of her stuff last time I heard was she was doing her OnlyFans thing and, you know, not like there's she was going to any conventions or anything that I'm aware of. No, she wasn't. So it was like, she really didn't have to go anywhere. Like, she was making money. Yeah. She, she was set off. You know, she has whatever she needs. But now... She put herself in the position where she probably won't even see the light of day. Right. And, you know, we all agree it's very upsetting. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to the family that was affected by Tammy Lee Stitch's decisions, we send our heartfelt condolences to the loss of your loved one. You know, it's very upsetting that this did occur. All right, monkey. All right, another another bit of wrestling news information thing. Uh, very surprisingly, uh, the release of Nash Carter from WWE, which uh, comes right off of his recent victory with tag team partner Wes Lee at the NXT Stand Deliver, winning the tag team championship belts. Which uh, again, crazy surprising because even on this. Last episode of NXT 2.0, you know, 2.0, they set up for a tag team match for next week between uh, MSK and uh, Grayson Waller and Sangha. So uh, that leaves that in question what's going to happen. And obviously the tag team championships because MSK was the tag team champions. It's all up in the air. Um, A lot of people were thinking that the initial reasoning behind the release was the allegations from his ex-wife, Kimberly. Uh, TNA, uh, but apparently one of the major things that everyone's going off of is the actual picture that he posted on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, or that Kimberly shared, where he essentially 
did something goofy and was looking like a Mr. Clankety Clank from World War Two with uh, the doing the uh, the forty five degree angle salute. And that was apparently the big thing that they were like, nope, we can't have him. If people see his pictures, they're going to automatically assume he's that way. All right, so Christine, your thoughts on you know the recent release of Nash of um, Nash Carter? Yeah. Nash Carter. I I literally just found out about this like last night or the night before. Yeah, I, I, I was announced it yesterday too. It was like, oh okay, maybe it was last night then that I just I just found out about it. I was absolutely floored. Mm-hmm. I immediately fell down a tw- Twitter rabbit hole. Um, and I yeah, like you said, it was it was a picture of him that uh, Kimberly shared, mm-hmm. um, in which she tagged WWE NXT, and I think I can't remember. Maybe that was it. But I think that's probably what maybe has garnered so much attention so quickly. Right, because, um, all because the tags of not only those <clears throat> yeah. groups, but anyone that's following those groups are like, whoa, what? Yeah, and then also, I think she posted it during NXT, so what if happened, I'm not mistaken. So what happened was all the stuff that she posted, like the picture of her having the busted lip and the picture of Nash doing the um, 45 salute. All of that was prior to stand and deliver. And then she started posting more. Now there's, there's more to the story because Nash Carter has been staying with Wesley and his wife. What? Like for months, for months. And like, even Wesley's wife is like, Hey, if all of this is true, why are you deleting all these Twitters? Why are you, you know, getting rid of all this information? Then, of course, all this came about mainly due to the fact that Nash did serve Kimber with divorce papers. Yes. I was just about to add that, that she didn't start posting any of this until she got divorce papers. And now I, I feel the need to, to, to add this this little disclaimer here, I'm not touching the abuse allegations with a 10-foot pole. I'm not ever going to try to discredit what somebody says. I am a certified victim advocate. Um, my first instinct is to always believe the victim. Um, so that's, that's one thing I, 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 I won't go near. If she says it happened, I'm inclined to believe her until somebody proves otherwise. So... And thank you for bringing up that disclaimer because we do not shame anyone that is a victim. Right. Now, the one question I do have, why wasn't this released earlier if everything was going on? That's the one small thing I have. I'm I'm not saying that she wasn't a victim. Maybe she was. If she is, she is. And due justice must be done. But... Having her release all of this information and then quickly delete it. And especially it's all on Twitter, so it's the, the court of opinions as opposed to an actual, you know, legal court. Right. That's always the, the the thing I always question. Now, I don't question whether it happened or not. I say it should be taken straight to a court and not, you know, playing around online saying, oh, this is this, is this, this is that, for, for attention, whether it be for that or something else you know it's like 
If you want something taken care of, don't put it on Twitter. Take it to court. Exactly. And at that point, it just becomes a, you know, part of an expression of a shit show of, you know, everyone's opinion. And then you can't really get a unbiased opinion on what's going on at that point. Which is true. Because you'll have one person saying, oh, it's completely true. And then one person will say, no, that's completely fake. And it's like, if she's a wrestler, of course it's going to be fake. She just got beat up in the ring. Like, no, it's true. She's a victim, you know. That's that's what it gets to. It's like, no, take it to court. Don't play it on online. Just wanting to, to throw the drama up because of you know this or that issue. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. Let the court do it. Deal with it. Exactly. It's none of our concern. It should be kept private, and it should be conducted as such. Now, relating to this. And this came out recently. This came out today. A lot of people are comparing Nash Carter's release to what WWE did with Enzo. Right. And Enzo's been trending quite a bit over this, too, because of the, you know, the related allegations that he had and how he was released and everything. And then just... Or Velveteen Dream as well. Yeah. It's all the... the, It's the allegation situation, but... Um, again, the the thing with the Enzo thing, as I recall correctly, was it wasn't the allegation; it was the fact that he was under investigation for it, and he didn't tell WWE yeah. about. It. And that was what got him released. Yeah, but you know, needless to say, I think we're all of the same mind that matters like this should be conducted privately, handled privately, and once everything is done, the due process is done, then you know. We would know the truth from there, right? Yeah, taking immediately to social to social media is never never the way to handle um, matters as serious as as this uh, on both sides, right? It um, be this or that, or anything. Yeah, it's <clears throat> online is it's, never the way to go. No, I mean obviously it's it's hard for for victims of abuse to speak out, right. um, and it's. And I see it happen every day where they hold on to this for years before they tell somebody. Um, so, you know, her not reporting it when it happened is an entirely believable for me. Um, but if it, if it was as recent as she says it was, it really needed to be taken to the authorities or at least to a domestic violence center before we start blasting it all over social media right. and really, I don't know if blasting it all over social media is a great idea anyways. Well, it, this also reminds me of the Candy Cartwright, Matt Riddle situation too. Because Candy put out all that information online. Mm-hmm. So, needless to say, folks, if you have any issue, situation that requires the use of the judicial system, don't put it out in the public. Right. It causes so many issues where some people will probably take your side, but others will just try to hang you over it. Right. And especially again with a quote unquote popular personality type person, because then you have their fans come at you, you know, saying that you're just lying about it just to get attention. Right. So what else we got monkey? All right. Well, Getting away from the, the wrestling side of news information, a couple of really interesting um, stock market movements here. Um, first of all, 
I believe it was Monday morning it was reported that Elon Musk now owns 9.2% of Twitter's stock, making him the majority shareholder of Twitter. Oh, God. The second majority holder right now is creator Jack Dorsey, who only owes, owns like 2.9%. So, so yeah, and that came after um, Elon apparently put a poll up online asking, hey, do you think Twitter uh, fully supports their quote-unquote statement of uh, freedom of speech, whatnot, etc.? And the majority of the poll came back as no. So, and then he revealed them under, yeah, I, I, I now own 9.2% of the stock. Christine, your thoughts on Elon Musk? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Daddy Elon <laughs> actually going out and owning Twitter now? Essentially. Or at least having a good majority stake in it. I mean, granted, yeah, he can't technically go around saying, hey, I don't like this, change that. But he can't say, hey, I'm majority stockholder. I want to bring this up. What do you guys think? So your thoughts, Christine? Man, I don't even know. what. Honestly, what doesn't that man own at this point? Um, this podcast. But- He's got by Disney. That's about Disney. He will own it all. Once, once he gets Disney, we're all screwed. Um, but yes, yeah, he doesn't He doesn't own this. We've we still got this, you guys. Right. Yeah. Um, for now. Uh, for now, until, he's got the money to buy it, but for now, we we, we, we are willing to be bought out. Buy us out, Elon. Please, no. Look, I'm, I'm all willing to preach the the holy gospel of Teslas and SpaceX if he's willing to float like a. Don't forget PayPal and PayPal. Yeah, PayPal too. Yeah, you know if he's willing to actually float over like you know twenty, thirty, fifty million dollars this way, I will be pretty good. I'd be like, you know, fifteen million. I'm good. Hell no, I want big money. I'll be more than happy to wear like a giant sweater that says "I love Daddy Elon" you and would. flashing lights. Don't you already have one like that? Is that for flashing lights? Hell no. Okay, I, I wasn't certain, but okay. no, no, no. Remember Cheshire, not Pokemat. Anyways, a shout out to Pokemat real quick. Anyways, why don't you hear Pokemat? Why? why? <laughs> he's he's working, and frankly, this is wrestling. We're not talking about Adam Sandler. Oh, I, I suppose. Just saying. Anyways, any other thoughts, Christine? I, I honestly, I, I got nothing. I know he's gonna could quite possibly be in a whole heck of hot water over it, but so uh, I'm glad you brought that up. But continue on real quick. No, you're you're good. Go ahead. So he is actually going to. I, actually, I think this week he actually had like a hearing with the FCC mm-hmm. over this. Beautiful. Beautiful. And he, it's all coming together now. He ber- verbatim quoted Eminem. <laughs> you know that song? Wow. Uh, his song, Without Me, whenever it does the line about the F- FCC won't let me be. Yeah. He quoted that. Of course he would. Have you seen how unhinged that man is? Yes. And when people just like stop, like stop him randomly to, to ask him questions. Well, he he is he does have Asperger's, so that's probably part of the reason why he gets kind of disheveled about every little thing. If anything stops whatever his normal flow is, what oh, he's doing, true. that probably is a good portion of why he seems irritable at this and thatness. Unless if he's, I'm weird. not even, I'm not even, I'm not even saying just like irritable, <laughs> just like I, I I wasn't even going there. I was just saying like just the off the wall things like this. 
they're quoting Eminem. Like, okay, did you ever watch the Joe Rogan podcast with him on there smoking weed with Joe Rogan? I try to stay about as far as possible as I can from anything Joe Rogan touches. This is the one time I'm going to tell you actually watch. It. <laughs> Watch this because Elon is just smoking a joint and I don't know what it was, but the joint pretty much boosted up his IQ and he was like super like third eye woke, like metaphysical, just going in. Watch it. You're, you'll get a laugh out of it. Okay. So <laughs> from anyway. there. All right, then. <laughs> uh, I'll look into it. I promise. Okay. Okay, so one other bit of interesting stock information I, I, I saw today, and that's apparently um, Warren Buffett's uh, Berkshire Hathaway um, company has revealed that they actually own majority stake in Hewlett Packard today. Really? So, hmm. so again, uh, some more interesting moving and shakings in the stock market, which did cause both of those stocks to rise up. Uh, so Twitter from, from Elon Musk's announcement and Hewlett Packard announcement. So. And mind you, the computer that I, both computers I have, you know, the main one I use for recording and the laptop that's at Monkey Station are both HPs. I'm upset because, you know, they didn't release a special uh, remix of Margaritaville. Or it didn't come with a free margarita, at least. I mean, come on. No, Ken, goddamn. Send us a little bit of margaritas with this. Exactly. I mean, granted, we're sober right now. We're always sober during the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Ultimately. Always, I think. Okay. Anyways. Your, uh, your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christine, your thoughts on uh, Warren Buffett, the king of margaritas, actually now owning majority stock in HP. I just want to know, like, what... I'm, maybe it's his, his uh, financial advisor to try to get him to um, diversify or some crap. I... It's just one of those things that just makes you scratch your head. Like, really, that's what you decided to invest in. Also, we're still buying HP. Well, it's not like they're Dells, you know. <laughs> shots fired. Anyways. Shots, shots. shots, shots, shots. Okay. Anyways. You have anything else, Monkey? That is the news I have. All right. Oh, Wow. Already, we're 30 minutes in, and we're already going off the rails with most of this. I love it. All right. Are so rails involved? You know what I mean. Anyways, it is we time. We don't need them damn kitty rails. We could do this on our own. Straight as an arrow, to the left or right, somewhere curving. Yeah, straight. Good enough. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you very much. God damn it, monkey. Anyways. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, now it is time to uh, oh, go ahead, Christine. Oh no, I was just gonna um, just one more thing. Go for it. That I was I was gonna mention, circling back to the the Kimberly and uh, Nash Carter. I I have a um, pin tweet on my account. It's a list of phone numbers. If anybody listening, you or anybody you know, um, is in an unsafe situation that needs help. Um, there are a list of phone numbers there that I've pinned for the National Sexual Assault Awareness um, or National Sexual Assault Hotline, the U.S. National Domestic Violence Hotline and others, or DM me. I will help find you somebody to help you. Yes, definitely. Thank you for doing that. And where can that be found at? 
at Christine Juma zero five. There we go. All right, so <clears throat> it is time to talk about all things WrestleMania weekend. Starting off with last Friday's SmackDown, the go-home show, leading into the most stupendous two-night event in all of sports entertainment. Well, technically, it was kind of a three-night event in, in the calendar. Ring of Honor Supercard going on the same Friday night. And all the other indie shows. It was an insane weekend. Yes, which we may have to cover Supercard of Honor at one point, too. Do we really need to? Do we? Do we? Yeah. Uh, all we gotta say is Ring of Honor AEW's super card. Because yeah. that's what happened. That's yeah. what happened, pretty much. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah, let's be truthful on that. But anyways, let's start off with SmackDown. Now, another disclaimer. Whatever opinions we may have about the matches and everything that went on in the entire show and also leading into Stand and Deliver... And WrestleMania Night 1 and 2 is strictly our own opinions. If you do have opinions, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a Looking Glass and a Logical Madness. And you can follow me on Twitter at Place Cheshire. So let's go ahead and start with SmackDown. Was that, was that a cut for YouTube? Yeah. Oh, sorry. 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 I have to do it this way. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> It's hard to make sure because, you know, that's that's what, you know, that's what Jim Cornette and, and Brian Last used. The little, okay, that was a cut for YouTube just in case we had to cut something out. God damn it. I need to quit doing that. So. <laughs> Anyways, so, Monkey, you have it up, so let's discuss yes. SmackDown. All right, so the big things that kind of happened on SmackDown. Where the hell was it at? Bailey returned, I wish. Oh, I wish, too. That would have been so much more entertaining. Dead but, ass. Okay. Anyways. So, related to quote-unquote WrestleMania weekend, we had uh, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, Memorial, Battle Royal, yeah, that's it. The, 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 the ATGMBR. Now, keep all this letters straight, because I probably won't. So, uh, all the all the guys not on WrestleMania were, were involved, and which is like about 20-some-odd people. Yeah. I, I see that they found, a, they found T-Bar in there. And they and they apparently had Tommaso Champ in there as well. So, <clears throat> but surprisingly, the winner of the match, <clears throat> excuse me, ended up being Madcap Moss with the runner-up being Finn Balor. It came down to the two of them, and it looked like uh, Finn Balor was going for something, and then in the process, Madcap threw him over the top rope. Okay, Christine, your thoughts on on that little victory that Madcap got? First, I mean, great for him. Um, his famous last words we'll see where it goes from here. Right. Um, I don't, I never have a whole lot of faith in uh, in the winner of this. Um, clearly, the track record shows right. uh, with only two of the past winners still being with the company. Um, and none of them, well, now three, yes. So um, far until next year. <laughs> so far. Whichever they decide. Yeah. yeah. Um, and none of them have really ever gotten any sort of big push coming from it. It's really, it's just one of those that we just do it for the sake of who it's for. Right. Um, I mean, Jay who got I, kind of a good push and giving him a little singles push for a little bit. And then he fell back. But it didn't go anywhere. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, we have to remember Ricochet didn't win Andre Giant Battle. Oh. Did he? Um, I can't remember from what we said. No, because he he wouldn't because he he's still part of the company and right. he's yeah, not one point. of the two super. No, still part. Of yeah. The company, so. Yeah. Good point. Anyways. <laughs> wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Now. Continue. <laughs> um. I mean, obviously, none of us picked Moss to right. win. Um. It was, it was a surprise out left field, completely. Yeah. I I don't like when they put champions into these. Right. Um. Because I don't. I don't like a champion taking a loss while they're holding the belt. Um, unless, some unless it's, yeah. Um, and the fact that it came down to Finn and Madcap and Finn has just been getting the short end of the stick, his entire title reign so far. And I don't like it. Right. And, and the unfortunate thing is, is again, Finn Balor, let's just say this, you know, he, he came in with all the crazy potential, all the, 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 the hoo-ha about him because everyone remembered him as Prince Devitt in in New Japan, and they expected all these good things from him. He comes up to the main roster after kind of having some short hit and goes in in NXT. He wins the Universal Title and gets injured the same night, <clears throat> and that kind of started the unfortunate downward spiral where he would come back, he'd get a hot push for a little bit, and then he he peter mm-hmm. off. You know, it's almost <clears throat> pretty much saying that. You know, the writing staff really don't know what to do with Finn. Well, the writing staff probably have no clue what they're doing in the first place. Vince McMahon comes in, looks at it, says, this is crap, throws it all away, and then starts all over from scratch and gets everything written up like 10 minutes before showtime. So no one knows what's going on, really, until Vince shows up. Yeah, pretty much. Now, all I'm saying is, I will not be surprised if all of a sudden Prince Devitt is AEW confirmed somewhere down the road. Or at least Ring of Honor confirmed. Or even going back to New Japan and taking his crown back as the undisputed leader of you know the Bullet Club. Right. But frankly, I think we can all agree that they are squandering this man's talent. Definitely. For sure. <clears throat> Alright, but anyways, Madcap Moss winning this. Now, we all know that normally this is almost like a kiss of death. Right. For for pretty much everyone, they, they they'll get a probably a, a good basically they're getting what he gets what Finn Balor's been getting all this time. He'll get a start. He'll get stop. Start. Stop. Start. Stop. 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 Mm-hmm. You still work for us? Well, no, you don't anymore. See ya. So, I have this prediction. Oh, and mind you, it's somewhat far off because you know his win was far off. Right. But what if? And th- this is a big what if. A, they split him from Happy Corbin, and B, they actually give him a shot with a more mid-tier title and actually test the waters with him possibly trying to go for, you know, the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship belt. Sorry. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's a prediction. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, I didn't say it was a good prediction. I just said it was a prediction. As far out as it is, I mean, none of us expected for Madcap Moss, of all people, Mr. Mailman Shorts and Suspenders, to win. He looks like he jumped out of an Abercrombie and Fetch calendar and into some new balances just to mow a goddamn lawn. Well, I'm surprised you even know what an Abercrombie and Fitch calendar looks like because I've never seen one of those, so... You go on with your bad self, Cheshire. 
Yeah, yes. No. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> on that note, uh, again, uh, yeah, it actually even begin near the beginning of the match. It looked like Madcap was actually going to get eliminated pretty early in there too. So, and then Corbin came out and was kind of cheering him on some, and then it looked like he was going to get eliminated. And Corbin was kind of like, "What the hell are you doing? You know, you should be doing better. You know, get back in there." And then he's like, "I'm doing what I can. I'm trying my best." And so you saw already the animosity between the two of them at that point. And of course, there has been that slight build up over the last couple weeks before WrestleMania of you know, Corbin kind of being like, "Your jokes aren't funny anymore." So, you know, you, you know that the, the split is coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an interesting to see what they do with it from there. Yeah, that is true. All right. So now we know that the Battle Royal was one of the big things. But we do have to talk about the triple threat match between Ricochet and Los Lotharios. Right. Which Ricochet did retain the Intercontinental title. You know, congratulations, Ricochet, for doing that. You know, beating off two family members. Wow, that did not sound right in my head. Oh, right then. Wow. No. Special hub sites to, to see that, but okay. It's WWE. Another one of. This is another one of those. I would like to excuse myself from this narrative moment. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. But honestly, the idea of Ricochet having to face Garza and Humberto, you know it. I I really don't know. Frankly, this was a throwaway match, in my opinion. It, it was, and and again, it's it's a sad thing because this would have been a throwaway match if they would have had it on the main WrestleMania card. It would have been a throwaway match on the main. Yeah. Card. It it would have been on the pre-show, right? And it it was it was a semi-entertaining match. You know, you you had the obvious the the Los Lotharios were working together, and basically as a handicapped tag team match against Ricochet until it came down to the point of the. One of them goes for the pin, and then the other one's like, whoa, what are you doing? I want to get the pin. No, I want to get the pin. No, no, me, no, me, no, me, no, me, Right. And which I can't it, do. It was, your, it was your classic, can they coexist? Right. Right, exactly. And, of course, you know, established tag team, triple threat match. They're going to turn on each other. They're going to end up breaking up again. Right. They're going to end up breaking up. Which I was, I was so confused and surprised the first time they actually brought them out as the tag team. I was like... And the hell did they become a tag team? They were feuding. It it just happened literally overnight. I, I bet you I know what happened. I bet you I know what happened. All right, what you got? McMahon was like, "Wait, these guys are aren't the same guy." Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hell, we don't need two of them running around. Just put them as one thing. Oh, that's good. Oh my god! You know what? That is a very Vince McMahon thing to do. Either that, or you know, Bruce Prichard was like. Hey, you guys, you know what? You should be a tag team. Vince would love that. Vince loves tag teams. Hold that thought. <laughs> and they were all like, oh, okay. Anywho. And mostly just confused because we we all know that the WWE hates tag team wrestling. Exactly. They hate it with a bloody passion. I don't know what... Like, tag team wrestling is some of the best wrestling out there whenever you get the right teams and the right chemistry. I mean, look at what FTR did with the Briscoes on Supercard of Honor. Look at what happened last night on freaking on Dynamite with FTR and the Young Bucks. You know, 
tag team wrestling is live and thriving in other promotions, but yet WWE just can't seem to get on the pulse of it. Without it becoming some kind of comedy act of nothingness. No kidding. All right, so, Christine, your thoughts on Ricochet beating the Cousins? I mean, obviously, Ricochet was, oh, good Lord. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, oh, Ricochet was the obvious choice to win this. Um, it, it was it was a fun match. The the crowd was super into it, but uh, I could have done without it. I want to see Ricochet get legit title defenses against actual like believable challengers. Well, we all know. That. I love Ricochet. Like, we all love Ricochet. Let's agree. We all agree that Ricochet is a phenomenal worker. The big thing is, is that, you know, Vince doesn't know what to do with Ricochet. Right. Ricochet needs a manager. Ricochet needs a new promotion, period. Well, uh, I would say this much. It's, it's the, it's, Vince McMahon doesn't see Ricochet as a top talent. Now, granted, everyone knows Ricochet does have the top talent lineage of where he's been and what he's done. But again, he's not, you know, at least 200 some odd pounds and not six foot tall. So And pasty. Doesn't have to be pasty. Oh, you yeah, saw how much true. he likes Bobby Lashley? Yeah, true. He just likes him big you, and jacked. Yeah. Big. You know what I would actually kind of love to see? Hmm. I want to see Zelina Vega get back into a manager position. I love her so much more when she's just talking on the mic. Dick Ricochet with her. Okay. You know, I see where you're coming from. And turn him heel. That's what he needs. You know what? A good heel turn would be good for him. It would be. Because he's almost almost sickeningly sweet. (laughs) Yeah. He needs the, the, the mouthpiece because... He can talk, but he's not. He he doesn't really do the 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 baby face talking too well, because you know that's why they were feeding him the, the the dumb lines of superheroes are real. I'm a superhero yeah. in life. Yeah, I don't know what the hell else to say, but okay. You know what? I could actually see him coming out and being like, you know what? Superheroes are real, but I'm tired of playing hero. No, I'm no. going to play villain. This is what he needs to do. This is how I would book it. How I would book it is. Have him just start doing the, you know, I'm not there when something happens. Then they reveal a camera feed in the background of someone getting attacked that was supposed to fight Ricochet for the Intercontinental title. And they see a masked man with a cape on. And then he turns around and it's the Puma man, Prince Puma, back. You are bordering into Nikki Ash territory, and I don't like it. Monkey. No, 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 no. This is more of his class, his Lucha Underground thing. You know what? Okay, I could see Pris. You know, you know, it wouldn't go that way. Yeah. No, oh. but they would be like, "What? Who's this? Why? Why is he here?" And then you know they'll see, like they'll have some super analyst guy, like, like look at his upper shoulder, that tattoo, that's Ricochet, and then Ricochet will come out and be like, "No, that's not me." That's the prince. Oh, God. You know what? The Puma Man. One, if they did that, 
I would honestly like run myself into a brick wall. Hey, it's better than what they got going on for them right now. Yeah, anything's better than what they have for them right now, but I'd still run myself through a wall. And then he starts speaking in Spanish, and then Selena Vega comes out like, like I'll translate. Oh, Jesus. The prince no longer <laughs> likes your talk. Oh, Jesus. Christ. And then we'll have the battle of the princes, and then, you know, they'll come out to, to two princes. Like, one prince, one, two, 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 no, 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 wants to buy you flowers. You sure you're not drunk, monkey? I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been a rough day, okay? So I got some. All right. Whatever she's got, I'll have some. <laughs> well, we did have Taco Bell earlier, so but I don't know. Oh, Lord. Did they Count spike out. Taco Bell? It might have, because I did know a couple of guys that worked there, so they may be like, hey, it's Will. We're going to make these extra special. That would explain a lot. Nacho cheese fries. <clears throat> Anyways. All right. Final thoughts on SmackDown. Any thoughts, Christine? It was a show and it happened. That's, <laughs> That's honestly how I felt about both go home. Now, that does not reflect my feelings about how WrestleMania went down. But right. both go home shows, if they were shows that happened. And Raw was basically just a, basically the pre-shows. With two matches on everything they they had, because that's all yeah. it was. It was like two hours of just promos and vignettes. Yeah. Now we do have to discuss the actual Hall of Fame portion. Hall of Fame. I mean, we had Shad's son and wife come out and receive the Warrior Award, right? And JTG was escorting them out, and like the moment that, aside from Shad's wife actually giving that speech, which was extremely beautiful. JTG and Shad's son doing the crime time um, uh-huh. like entrance. That, that, was, that was just crazy. To me, I could see Shad's son eventually growing up and possibly stepping into the business with the legacy that his father set for him. I would be surprised. So, your thoughts, thoughts, Monkey? Sure. I I didn't get a chance to really watch the Hall of Fame, but I, I did catch the, uh, the, the the bits and pieces highlights. Right. Now, we do have to talk about Vader. I mean, his um, wife and son came out right. and accepted the award on his behalf. Which, which that was beautiful. And, and I'm surprised mm-hmm. they didn't have... Uh, a person giving it to them because it was slated according to the information I saw before that McFoley was supposed to be doing the inducting, but yeah, they, they apparently just cut that or he apparently got double booked. Who knows? Like he was at home watching WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like they showed a video of him on TikTok where he watched um, McMahon take that stunner, oh. which we'll be discussing mm-hmm. that later. So I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know if if maybe because it felt like a lot of the the speeches from those that were inducting the the new inductees were kept quite short, right? Um, except for yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, Vince went Vince went a little longer, but I wonder if they didn't kind of start cutting some of that because maybe it sounded like Taker's speech was going to go quite long, and it did, right. yeah. <clears throat> but before we talk about Taker's speech, 
We have to talk about the Steiner brothers. Yes. <laughs> or, or even Rick came out and said, well, thanks for giving me only about a minute left to say anything, Scott. Yeah. They talked about five minutes, and, and Scott talked for four of it. And thank God Rick blocked Scott from saying anything else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, didn't he open with something like, like, well, I'm surprised they're giving me a live mic to say anything here. Yep. <laughs> yep. But where's my freak set? Yeah. Yeah, you, you could tell he was ready to hit everyone with that knowledge of Steiner math. So thankfully it was stopped. <laughs> I wish they would have let him do though. But then Rick would have been like, yeah, that's about it, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So. You can see Rick just side eyeing him the whole time, like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> you know, he, you know, Scott wanted to say something. You know, he wanted to say something. <laughs> yeah. Well, he kept every time, like, and I noticed, like, every time he would, it almost seemed like he was stumbling over his words, but you could tell, like, he, he was about to say something and he'd look over at Rick and, and then he'd kind of, like, try to recover and go someplace else with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, I gotta keep myself filtered here. <laughs> you know he wanted to say something. You know he wanted it, to just go. Hey, you, you're yeah, in front of was. <laughs> oh my god. It was It was good. I'm glad that, that Braun was the one to, to induct them. Um, I felt like me, that was the perfect pick. Yeah, you know, it made the most sense right. overall. Yep. All right, so other than that, we had Queen Charmel who essentially yep. just thanked Booker, and um, was it she thanked some WCW stuff also? Yeah, she you know she thanked mm-hmm. pretty much everybody that helped her during her career, and thanked her husband, and you know just the basic you know quick yeah. speech of thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy for giving me this. I'd like to thank God for giving me the strength to carry on. All right, Teddy, whatever you say. Yeah, all right. It's going to be a three-way, and that happens right now, player. <laughs> but Yes. Anyways. So, from there. The Undertaker. Undertaker, yeah, who, who essentially went over a lot of his career stuff and talking about all the changes he went through and basically thanked everyone that did everything and thanked his wife and you know thanked his kids. Talking about his kids. I think you thank Paul Bear in there somewhere too. Yep. So Yep. And, and yeah, that that was, you know, essentially what we, we kinda talked about before with everything else with him and kind of some of the stuff that he talked the the Bone Street crew also. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. which is good because he, he got a chance to mention all of them and whatnot, which is, you know, very, very Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Definitely. They they were kinda like his rock during that, that era when Everything was just kind of going crazy for him, so. Mm-hmm. But, so. Obviously, the big takeaway from that entire thing is at the end, mm-hmm. he puts on the coat and the hat, and says, "Never say never." So one more match confirmed, right? Le- okay, okay. So stop. Right there. <laughs> uh, don't get my hopes up, please. Stop. stop don't right tease me like that. Look, I can only take so much. Me personally, with Undertaker's career, then of course with his health issues, his body not actually being able to do what it used to do. Right. You know, honestly, as much as we would love to believe him to actually step in the ring one more time, I hope he takes the Shawn Michaels route 
prior to Saudi blood money and that cutting horrible. off all of his hair and being bald and yeah, looking like he's about to fall <laughs> off of a, a chair. Yeah. <clears throat> let, let, let's hope he actually bows out gracefully and not yeah. go back into the ring. Now, granted, Shawn Michaels said that, oh, yeah, I'm going to retire, but yet him and Triple H did that tag team match with the Brothers of Destruction for Saudi Blood Money. What was it? One, two? 17, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I lost track of it. Yeah, it's hard to keep count, but, you know. Not a clue. It, it turned out very bad for everything on all counts. Yes, it did. It was. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a bad plan. Uh, as a simple wrestling term, it was the drizzling shit. Well, it didn't yep. help that, 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 you know, Two fourths into the way of the match, Triple H, you know, separates his bicep. Yeah. And pector muscle. So, yeah. Anyways. And they see that, like, right away. It's like, wow, that's a nice, pretty sheet there. I don't think that's his tan. Yeah. yeah. That is true. No, I, I, I actually like the, I like the cinematic match being his, his final match. I, I can't picture a, another way for, for him to, effectively end his in-ring career that that entire cinematic match was basically a love letter to his career so right right all right so i think we all agree that smackdown was just it was just filler at this point smackdown was filler the hall of fame was you know it it, it touched all the points it needed to touch that that that's good enough for it true it didn't touch the tra-la-la, which is good so <laughs> All right, so it then we go, go to uh, Saturday. It, it didn't go for the ding ding dong, the ding ding dong. Anyways, it's time to discuss. Anyway, <laughs> oh, so with that m- note, uh, it's time to stand and deliver. You know what? Before we talk about that, it's just a wonder how we actually have listeners around the world that actually listen to us talk about all this stuff without wondering what the hell's going on. They probably try to figure out how we're. St- how we're alive and what we're doing and they probably what think we're, we're on how they get hold of that now mind you folks before we go into stand and deliver we're completely sober during all of these shows no alcohol we don't use any type of illegal substances what this is is just us being tired from working long hours or doing a whole lot of things this is us at the zenith of when we should be sleeping but we're not yeah. sleeping. This is yeah. this is insanity at its finest. Like I bet if we were to all stay up for three days straight and do a recording, it'd be the most coherent stuff you would ever hear. Incoherent. It'd be like no, 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 no. It wouldn't Sharon. be. It wouldn't be incoherent, Ozzy. It would be like it'd be like it, it. Honestly, it would blow Elon Musk out of the water because we'd be so <laughs> tired that we're awake and just audible and just full of thought. It'd be one of those things that people would be like, I want to get on their level. How do I do it? Right. Tell Which me. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Like you, Cheshire, you actually, you know me, my yeah. entire personality is brought to you by a lack of sleep and a dangerous amount of caffeine. Hey, I, I always say my, my four basic food groups are caffeine, nicotine, sugar, and bacon, so. Which is true. There you go. That, that is true. Those are his actual four basic food groups. Yeah. There, there's nothing two else of, involved. Two of, my, 
two of my food groups are, are caffeine. It's either Red Bull or iced coffee. So caffeine is caffeine. We don't judge here on this show. It's coffee, <laughs> energy drinks. Something or another in there. Those stupid caffeine pouches that they try to pass as snuff. They might be snuff. I don't know. Hard to tell. Not snuff film. (laughs) For those who are under the age of 18 that don't understand what snuff is, good. Keep it that way. Anyways, let us... 21 now. Yes. Oh, yeah, 21. 21. Yeah, they they, they messed that all up for people. I feel bad for those kids. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) All right, uh, so standing and delivering here. Yep, standing and delivery. This so, is sad that I'm the one trying to get back on track here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you kick it off. I'm going to grab some water real quick. Okay, so um, just going to quickly kind of run through this here. Um, so it's obviously the stand and deliver card here. Uh, it started off with the quote-unquote kickoff match, which was Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Versus Toxic Attraction for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, which match went back and forth some, but came out with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai winning the Tag Team Championships after a distraction from Wendy Chu, who distracted, I can't remember which one was, was it, was it Jane or was it uh, Dolan that got distracted, do you remember? I honestly don't remember. Um, all I remember is... In- the finish, which I was just like, are you really? I was so shocked with, with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai picking up those titles. Right. Then, Did not see that company coming, especially with, yeah, we'll get to it later, but later in the show, well, and later in the show with Mandy retaining. Right. Um, I really thought that if Toxic Attraction lost, that she probably would as well. So right. we'll, we'll get to that later. But yeah, it was, it was definitely not the outcome any of us saw coming. And nothing, I mean, I don't know. I guess I didn't watch the, the go-home NXT to this, but um, didn't we kind of discuss that, that Raquel and Dakota Kai were the two that stood tall yeah, that we were at the end of that, were they not? That they were going to lose and then they get called up to, to the main roster. Yeah. Hopefully as a tag I mean, team, the, but, you know. Yeah. That goes the, the, go-home, the go-home math on that one definitely pointed towards talk winning right well just the fact that they they, they just kind of re recombined on the show beforehand so it's it like randomly it's like like <laughs> hey um when did you got kidnapped or disappeared or something and so we're gonna go save her and hey and hey you got bone pick with them i got bone pick with them let's go pick bones i don't know well, and it wasn't even it. like they just like reunited over over a common enemy like yeah Dakota Kai literally jumped into Raquel's arm yeah. in like a, oh my God, I've missed you so much kind of way. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. What we're talking about, that's how it kind of happened on last Yeah, night, or, which, you know, just hearing that Dakota Kai jumped into Raquel's arms, it just reminds me of, well, I had the time of my life. <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> And, and no mention of, did you hit me with a shovel last time I saw you? No, <laughs> exactly. No, no, not even that. Hey, no. hey, you know what? Whatever they find kinky and fun, that's fine. If someone likes to get hit with a shovel, then by all it's, means. It's, it's kind of like the wrestling. Okay, wrestling. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait. I got to make one more quick reference. No, no, go ahead. It's like the whole wrestling isn't wrestling thing. With, you know, where, where the Triple H and, and HBK were like, like, hey, you want to do the DX thing? It's like, dude, I'm like 40 now. 
come on, I'll be your best friend. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Let's do it. Yeah. No, basically. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so continuing on with the match card. All right, so so from there, it was the uh, five-way ladder match for the North American title, which uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes versus Santos Escobar versus Soskola versus Grayson Waller with Sangha. So, which went the way we, we, we all thought it would, with yeah. Cameron Grimes winning the title, which we all agreed was the, the right way to go with that match. And shout-out to Cameron hey. Grimes for winning. Yes, that was that. That match was highly entertaining. That that was probably my my highlight of the of the afternoon. Obviously, night, but this didn't happen at night. Right. Um, a lot of things ran together from Friday night to Sunday night. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Continuing. Um, but they, this is definitely my the highlight of my early part of the afternoon for NXT. Um, especially just given that the the emotion behind it when Cameron Grimes won, um, given that the story with his dad passing away, um, just a, a great feel-good moment for him. Definitely, and, and, and then we saw the birth of a new rivalry, uh, Grayson Waller versus the latter. Um, started started oh, with that. Oh, <laughs> oh, do I have been, actually, when we first started talking here tonight, um, I was trying to look up, uh, to see, because I legitimately thought that Grayson Waller uh, got injured out of that. Did you see how his arm bounced off of that ladder? I did not, but I I heard about it afterwards, Ooh. and and then he was back. selling it on on the recent NXT show as well. So go him, back and was... find a clip of go back and find a clip of that when he when he dove onto that ladder. It did not look good, and I was definitely shocked. To not find anything about an actual injury. Yeah, it, it probably was a good sell on his part, which there probably was some definite damage that happened, but not enough to be a full legit injury. Right. Uh, um, unlike some things that happened on night two of WrestleMania, apparently there was some legit injuries that happened then. Which, and yeah. night one, I think. Yeah, night, night one. There night was, two, I believe. Most of them were night two. Night two. Yeah. Well, there was one injury in night one that we'll discuss a little bit later. Oh. But it, it was minor. You're minor. Oh, anyways, carry on. Yeah, carry carrying on. Next match. Uh, next match was uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Tony D'Angelo, which again went the way we expected it. Tony D'Angelo winning, and Tommaso Ciampa, you know, taking the loss, putting over Tony D'Angelo as the next big star, basically. Um, mm-hmm. which uh, again highly emotional for everyone. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, base obviously being very thankful. You know, not not noticeably unless you were really watching for the cues of it, but being very thankful to Tommaso yeah. Champa for putting him over and Tommaso Champa basically, you know, feeling all the emotions that we thought he'd feel from that afterwards, and including the the extra excerpt that apparently happened during the quote unquote premium plus on Peacock of Triple H coming down and you know, yeah, to give Tommaso Champa his big hug and. And thanking for everything he's done. So yeah, if you didn't have um, if you didn't have the like the premium plus version of Peacock, um, I believe it cut away to uh, a recap of like the highlights of the match. Yeah. Um, but if you had the the premium plus, which I did, um, you got to see Triple H's music hit, and it almost looked like um, Tommaso Ciampa didn't realize it was going to happen awesome. um, because he's just he's just kind of walking like. Sort of 
almost like dazed up the mat, up the up the ramp, just like you know. And I imagine he was in a field. Um, and then all of a sudden, he, like he like walked right into Triple H. So like the thing is not like okay like before all the shows and everything, you know. There was a big WWE talent meeting where Triple H was brought back and, you know, he got to tell it, you know, he got to speak with everyone showing support. But honestly, he really wasn't supposed to be like really there. There, Yeah, he wasn't really supposed to be there. And that's probably why they also did the recap and that's why they didn't catch that initially. Yeah. So like, they're like, oh, well, we're going to keep it. We're just going to keep the filming on Tommaso Ciampa basically getting all the feels and just soaking it all in. And they're like, what the hell? Music? Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things that, you know, it's part of Triple H's final swan song. Right. You know, it's Which fitting. he then did at WrestleMania night two. Yeah, which we'll discuss that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very fitting for that to happen, quite honestly. Right. All right. Next match. Next match was the other contentious one that we, we kind of, had a feel for, but didn't. But then we threw up potential possibilities of the uh, the four way for the NXT Women's Title: Mandy Rose versus Court Jade versus Io Shirai versus Kaylee Ray, which Mandy Rose maintained, which we all kind of thought was going to happen. And like I said before, we had Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray in there to make sure it looked good, and that's about what we got out of it. All right, so Christine, your thoughts on the match? Um, I mean, like Monkey just said, it, it did what it needed to. Um, Yoshi and Kaylee Ray were there to, you know, make sure everybody looked good. I, I think Cora Jade looked fantastic. Um, when Toxic Attraction lost the tag team titles in the beginning of the show, I really went to, like, my, you know, kind of like my contingency pick because I remember saying last week that, you know, I thought, if Toxic Attraction lost, then Mandy Rose was losing, and it would probably be Kaylee Ray that would win, or possibly even Cora Jade, because they mm-hmm. really seemed to believe in her. Yeah. Um, and it really looked like it was going to go one of those two ways there for a minute, but Mandy Rose squeaked out the win, and I mean, I'm surprised, right. um, and I wonder if this isn't going to somehow lead to her separating herself from Toxic Attraction now that they've lost their titles. Well, there's a slight little extra side note that happened on NXT this week where Toxic Attraction re-got their titles back. Yeah. They, 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 oh, they, okay, well, never mind. been full of rematches from WrestleMania weekend, and yeah. some of them Which, have swapped over the, the victories. Yeah. So. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to voice a little, a little bit of uh, irritation about that. So I didn't know about Toxic Attraction winning. I had a uh, hair appointment Tuesday night that kept me in mind out until like nine thirty. Um, so, 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 so you, you you really didn't miss very much, Walter? Not really. There was some good to know. some things um, that happened, but we can kind of touch on that later too. Yeah. That's so it. Monday night on Raw, Braun Breaker wins his his right. title. Right. Yeah. Tuesday night on NXT, Toxic Attraction wins their titles. Right. Yeah. You basically just told everybody that stand and deliver didn't matter. Well, except for the Cameron Grimes and, uh, well, I guess not. Also, with with the recent <laughs> happenings of uh, Nash Carter, apparently the uh, the MSK Imperium match just kind of got blarred out. But, but that's setting up for something um, with Imperium that happened on NXT also. 
But why swap the titles on Stand and Deliver? And we'll get to it later, but why have Braun lose on a pay-per-view and then win on a, a Raw after Mania that didn't need to happen? You know, it's that one philosophy that Vince has where the babyface doesn't have to win all the time. Or the babyface does have to win in the end, but this wasn't the end. The pay-per-view wasn't the end. Yeah. So I can see where the logic is on that. But then the uh, whole thing with the uh, the NXT Women's Tag Team titles, that was a... Uh, Bullshit. That was a, well, they won it, and now we're going to we're gonna kind of redo the same segment, but we're going to do it as if we this was the other option that we were going to go with. So Gigi gave yeah. Vince McMahon a lap dance, and he was like, yep, you win the titles again? Something <clears throat> along those lines. Probably. Maybe. I'm or, or myself in the narrative again. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on. Okay, so so then we went to the NXT men's tag team titles, which was Imperium versus MSK versus the Kree Brothers, which on this one, again, we, we kind of got a side swerve on this one where MSK re-won the titles, which, again, at that point was kind of one of those, with everything going on, we know there's going to probably be some potential craziness, why put it on MSK, and now we are in that situation with the whole Nash Carter release. Yep. So, just for next week, they may either announce a new partner for Wesley or have the title stripped. We don't know yet. We'll find out next week on what they plan on doing. Yeah. You know what they should do? Big brain booking here. What? The guru? Riddle? No. Even better. Who? Ricochet and Wesley. You know, they, they are flippy, they are flippy doodah guys, you know, and they can do a bunch of flippy doodah stuff around there. And God, you sound more like Jim Cornette than when I impersonate Jim Cornette. <laughs> they do that flippy do shit. I don't know what the hell it is, and it's and it's no, no, no DQ, no, no tags, no count out. You know what I call that? Lazy booking. booking. <laughs> I wouldn't even mind, honestly. Um, because I'm sure, I'm sure Wesley is in a very uncomfortable situation right now. I wouldn't even mind if they just, he saved an injury from, you know, over the week or, you know, during the course of the week, he got injured at the performance center or something, um, and just quietly vacate the titles and set up some kind of tournament. Uh, for the tag team titles. You know what? I actually have a feeling that, you know, they're going to do a tournament. Or something. I, I have a feeling something like that is going to happen. Do they have enough tag teams yeah. to do a tournament? Even though they don't believe in tag teams? Yeah. Do they have enough? Because <laughs> remember, NXT is a little time. bit better about their... NXT is a little bit better about their tag team. True, true. Yeah, until than the main up. roster is. Uh, yeah, until they come up to the main roster and then, well... And they keep one guy, push him, and the other guy disappears and gets fired after a while. Right. You mean like Otis and Tucker? Um, yeah. Otis and Tucker... Uh, <laughs> Who else have they done this to? Uh, they kind of do that to uh, TMDK, uh, TMDK well, two. Um, they they slapped Ricochet and um, Alistair Black together for a while. Yeah, and then they and then they that's very like, true as well. Like what the hell? We are not really a tag team. We just did that that one time for the, the Dusty Cup thing, and and yeah. yeah. All right, so continue. but I. 
I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens. They just, they quietly vacate the title and it becomes a tournament situation. Yeah. Or even a ladder match. I'm cool with a ladder match. Yeah. Yeah, that could work too. Or they they just be like they they can do the thing they did with the COVID thing, you know, where they have like, okay, well, since there's only one guy here, we'll have one of your guys against him, and it'll just have no. a, a tag team match, singles match, eighteen way match, title ladder, chairs, Judy Bagwell <laughs> on a pole, you know, all that good stuff. All right. <laughs> Continuing on, and then Vince was like. See, I knew you guys like my booking. Continuing on. All right. Uh, <laughs> next match was just a match. Just a match. Uh, LA Knight versus Gunter, a.k.a. Volter, which uh, went kind of a little bit different than I thought, but I know you guys were kind of both a little bit one way or the other. It would go out either way. No problems. But, yeah, Gunther coming out beating LA Knight. Not surprising, really. Yes. Like, yeah, I mean, I I, I, um, I pictured a, a potential win for LA Knight to then put him up against Ziggler for the title yeah. again, but you know, didn't quite happen that way. So they are probably going to be pushing LA Knight to the main roster here. Yeah, which is kind of surprising because I know they were talking about moving Volter slash Gunther slash Tralala to the main roster as early as last year. They were talking about it. So due to the Nash Carter release, they were supposed to send um, Eichner and Gunther up, mm. but oh. due to that release, they may just keep Imperium as a tag team, keep yeah. Gunther in NXT. I could do that. But then they did this on 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 NXT this week, where they were uh. the breakup of Eichner and and Marcel. Yeah, or as as a uh, Jim Cornette was calling right. So I don't but think... Nash's release didn't actually happen until NXT had already aired. Right. So I have a feeling so, that they're going to, you know... Create, creative like, scrambling right now. <laughs> we, we, we really didn't mean that. We, we really like each other. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, you know... And why? Then, uh, why? And, and Tony D'Angelo have their Italian talk like, eee, eee, eee. Oh, I was just about to ask you, why did Imperium suddenly have a uh, like a Super Mario Italian accent there? <laughs> well, because Eichner is actually Italian. That's why. Yeah. Yes, as, as weird as it sounds, Eichner is Italian, and Bartel is, 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 is German, and Gunther is Austrian. Oh, so, it's, it's League of Nations 2.0. Oh, so they're like the UN. Yes, yeah. okay. they're, they're League of Nations 2.0. <laughs> All right, gotcha. so conti- uh, <laughs> continuing on because... Yeah, moving on, because LA Knight and Walter just, it just, it happened. The crowd was so exhausted by that point that I I wasn't into it. Yeah, and and to to my information, it it was a good back and forth match. Nothing super high, nothing super low. They they did some teasing, but Gunther did the the killing powerbomb at the end and killed LA Knight. Yeah. So, all right. uh, Then we went to the title match of Dolph Ziggler versus Bomb Breaker, which... Kind of went the way I thought it would, but you know Ziggler retained through some you know shenanigans, and that's how that went. All right, so Christine, quick thoughts. Yeah, it happened. Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler retained. Braun Breaker looked great. Um, I mean, it was it was a good match. Um, it was. I don't know. 
It was the. It the, happened. Yeah, it, it happened. <laughs> I yeah. wanted. I wanted Braun Breaker to win so bad that by the end of it, like I almost felt like the Miz, the Miz girl, where I was just like, mm, really. You know, let, let's just all agree on this one that it was. It is what it is. And thankfully on Raw, they rectified it in their own unique way. Wrecked them. They damn near killed him. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's what <laughs> happened on, on NXT. He got killed again on NXT, but, but he no-sold. Okay. And, and, the match, and the match on Raw was, was a great way to, to test Braun Breaker against, you know, a more mainstream audience because, let's be honest, the people watching NXT right now are not are not your your typical mainstream WWE fan, right? They're, they're, um, they're the people like that are still territory group. They 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 are there yes. for the NXT, and that's it. They, yeah, yes, they, they're they're there for NXT, and that's it. They're your they're your your hardcores, and a lot of them still are your your hardcore NXT fans that were there for the black and gold. Right. Um, unlike some of us who see that Nickelodeon style shit <laughs> and went, nope, that's not for me. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> All right. So overall, stand and deliver. I mean, for what it was, it it was. Yeah. It, it happened. It was better than SmackDown. It, it was a step up. Agreed. We, we saw. Yeah. We, we we saw what was going on. We kind of knew the painting on the walls. They swerved us with some stuff, but it, the the main kind of things that we wanted to happen kind of happened, and then some of them were kind of like, okay, that's kind of not. A good thought, but okay. We'll see what you do. It, it was a very good show. Um, it, I think, my enthusiasm for it and almost everything NXT does anymore is a little bit dampened just because it's not. I harp on this every time we talk about it. It's not the NXT I know. Right. Um, it it wasn't your typical NXT takeover, um, and I just. I'm still having a hard time finding a whole lot of enthusiasm for anything NXT does. You know, for me, NXT 2.0 is the drunk aunt that no one really wants to talk about that's trying to relive all her younger years while she's having a midlife crisis, probably on her fourth baby's baby daddy, but, you know, she still thinks that she's a swimsuit body fine whenever she should just hide. Hey, now that's not appropriate. I was just going to say <laughs> NXT 2.0 is essentially the uh, here's a work visa to come work in WWE. Because have you noticed how many Australians work for them right now? God, no kidding. It's like, look at all these Australians, man. Where's Crocodile Dundee at? He's oh, wait, coming next week. No, they let him go. <clears throat> oh, least, yeah. You know, that, that was, you know, uh, Shane Thorne. They, yeah. they were giving him a Crocodile Dundee for a while and then he disappeared. He went back to the wild, I tell you. Crocky. <laughs> All right, so. All right, uh, so SmackDown, WrestleMania, WrestleMania Night 1. All right, quick run through. Uh, first was uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos versus Nakamura and Boogs, which uh, went the way that it was kind of predicting, which is mm-hmm. uh, the Usos maintaining an okay match. Uh, yeah, there was an injury on this one. That we were talking about, there was potential injury on night one, and that was uh, Boogs. Something jacked up his knee, I believe. So what happened was the part of the knee that connects to the quadricep. Oh my god, his freaking quads got ripped. Ah. Because he was trying to go for that one slam, and then you had, I think it was Jimmy or Jay that jumped up on him, 
and just weigh yeah. it down. So that botched up that spot. Right. <clears throat> and and you saw it immediately the way his knee buckled. I my first thought was something is very wrong. Um and I I knew from right from there that they were going to go home very quickly. Yeah. So Boogs is going to be <clears throat> in action for a good while because this is the type mm-hmm. of surgery, this is the type of injury that does require surgery, uh, rehab. So he's going to be out for quite a few months. Yeah. So that's going to delay the the split that we are planning. And it's probably going to come back to, you know, Boogs and, and Nakamura doing their split that we, we predicted. But, yeah. you know, who who's going to be the, the heel on this one? Is it going to be Boogs doing the uh, the Shawn Michaels rockers thing against Marginetti and, you know, super kicking? Well, he ain't going to super kick nobody. We'll yeah. see but, you know what I mean. He's going to put Nakamura through a barbershop window. So. Something to that extent. <laughs> so. um, or is it going to be, you know, Nakamura... Can shashaing him with a shasha through a barbershop window. So I think we can all agree that this match, for what it was and what we initially predicted, it was there. Right. It, it was a good. Yeah. Start. It was. It was a decent it's match. Just, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's just disappointing because I feel like the way it was going up until the injury on the fireman's carry, um, I felt like it could have been a lot better. Um, it was, it was getting there. Like I was actually getting into it. Um, and then that happened and I was like, Ooh, yeah, never mind. So it's it, through no fault of their own. This, it wasn't the booking problem. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, unfortunately the injury definitely took the wind out of the sails. Yeah. Fully agreed. All right. So the second match was happy Corbin versus drew McIntyre, which of course we did predict that McIntyre was going to win. Right. And it happened. Yeah. It, yep. it did what it was going to do. And um, the most shocking thing of this match, I think, that a lot of people have been talking about is that McIntyre is the first person to actually kick out at the end of days. Yes. He is the first superstar to actually do that. Uh, Christine, your thoughts yeah. on the match? Um, it, I mean, hopefully this is the end of uh, McIntyre and... Happy Corbin's little feud. I'm I'm ready to, to see that go away. I maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I don't hate that McIntyre is the first person to kick out of the end of days. I just hate that it was it happened in a match that could have gone on SmackDown. True. And yeah. Um, it literally has been on SmackDown like eighteen times. It, just, a million times. Yeah. Yes. Um I wish that they would have, because they, they have, they protected the end of days since he was in NXT. Right. Um, the, I wish that there would have been more at stake um, for the first time somebody kicked out of the, the end of days. But right. like I said, I, I, I don't, I don't hate that it was McIntyre. I just don't like the, the situation like that it happened, like happened a, in. Oh, I'm going to retire you. And you know, so it's like, I hit you the end of the days, you're going to be retired just like I did Kurt Angle. And then yes. it takes out like, what? Um, you know, I, I yeah. definitely could see that. I could definitely see that. It should have been more to it. But, yeah. you know, WWE booking. And then, you know, him threatening. Um, oh, my God. Why did I? Madcap. Madcap Moss. Yes. Oh, good lord! Mosh pit can Moss. you tell I don't? Can <laughs> yes. you tell I don't like the name because I always forget it? 
um, him threatening him with the sword and then cutting the ring ropes. That was pretty cool. But you know, somebody back in production was like, like damn, damn it, it it's only the it. second, it's only the second match of the night. <laughs> so you have to think, you know that they planned that. I mean, they planned it, to oh, yeah. it that way, but you know, it was somewhat poetic that he did do that. You know, pretty much severing the feud, in my opinion. Exactly. Hopefully, that's what yep. Hopefully, that's what Hopefully. Hopefully. Please let me. That's it. Tomorrow night, we'll tell. Yeah, we can only hope at this point. All right, third match. And this is one that was very anticipated, mainly due to the hype of one of the individuals that was in it. Uh, the Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios, which this did not go the way that we planned on it. It was a shocking, shocking change up in, you know, someone had to come out there with the uh, the most expensive article of clothing on. Goddamn, uh, Logan Paul with with a with a Pikachu card that was graded ten out of ten on a necklace, which cost two million some odd dollars. Yeah, I'm surprised that thing didn't get stolen. It probably did. They, mm-hmm. Well, they probably hit it, and they, he probably had a fake one to use for the match, but probably. Just in case they decide to do something kind of goofy with it, but, you know, give it to McIntyre to feed to Otis or something. Who knows? Okay, so we do have to talk about the real highlight of this match. And it wasn't the fact that Logan Paul actually did decently during the match, which he did. Yeah. Surprising. Like, surprising from the first time he actually showed up and did a WrestleMania to now where he was actually in the ring and honestly for all intents and purposes he looked good in the ring and you know what he looks better than his brother boxing yeah no kidding <laughs> look honestly my left pinky toe looks better than both of them boxing but hey i'm not saying much of anything on that but let's continue on with this and if anyone wants to argue the point that logan paul is a professional boxer bullshit um feel free to email me at cheshire looking glass at gmail.com follow me on facebook at my facebook group page cheshire's place the looking glass and illogical madness or you can tweet me at place cheshire and you can't tweet me at all because i don't have twitter ha 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 or you can tweet christine at christine juma 05 there you go all right carrying on exactly and, <laughs> and christine is like oh my god <laughs> that's how you do it all right right it's, I, I'm always so impressed with just how smooth that is. And it's like we almost planned that kind of, but we didn't. No, we don't, I, I know, right? We don't plan it at all. We just go. I planned once, <laughs> once, and that's how I ended up in jail. So yes, that's no true. But we do have to talk about the ultimate highlight, where the Miz actually hit Logan Paul with the skull crushing finale. To me, okay, yes, we all know by now, and this has been placed on a lot of websites and everything, Fightful Select, and you know, Dave Meltzer covered it, and Brian Alvarez covered it, that Logan Paul pretty much demanded a face turn in his contract for WrestleMania, which this brought it on because due to the fact that every time Logan Paul steps into the ring, he has been booed. He wants to be a babyface for once. Y'all you know thought, that's not going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I, I think because thought the Miz became a face in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we love the Miz for doing that. Thank you, Miz. Thank you, Miz. Right. You're exactly. Axel so Braun, but thank you. Uh, Speaking of which, we Miz should... came out of that more, probably more beloved than ever. Yes, he did. And of course, you know, also uh, Dominic came out just as his real dad. 
I didn't. I didn't. That wasn't lost on me. I saw that. And I was like, oh, hey. It's like, is it, it, like real, was it really a storyline now? Was it really? Right? Oh, that was right? definitely not a storyline. I'm just waiting for uh, Dominic to come dressed out as Max Moon. That's going to open up a whole other can of worms. His real uncle. Uncle, uncle. Yep. All right. So overall, for that match, I think we can all agree it was surprising with what they did. They pretty much swerved all of us. Right. And it was actually a pretty decent match. I mean, Dominic actually looked pretty damn good in the match. Dominic looked like he knew what he was doing. Logan Paul looked like he knew what he was doing. Everything was Go ahead. For once, Dominic did not look like a deer in a headlight. Right. Um, and he looked like he belonged on the WrestleMania stage. Um, and he, you and I, Cheshire, we were we were texting after afterwards that I, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. at how well Logan Paul did. Now, does that mean that I need to see any more of him? Absolutely not. So I have a prediction to do this. Due to fact- I know you do. Because, and y'all know that this is what they're going to pull the trigger on. Logan Paul versus The Miz, SummerSlam. Mm-mm. Let it happen at WrestleMania Backlash. Get it over with. See, they're not going to do it that way. They're going to wait until the biggest show of the summer to pull the trigger. That way, it gives Logan Paul a little bit more time in the ring. You know, he gets to work on some stuff. Granny, he probably won't be on WWE TV no. that much. But at least it gets him have, some ring time in the performance center to actually refine and actually hold up in a singles match. So, have you seen what he's going around saying now? That wrestling is real. Yes. No, that that he didn't train one bit. So he's trying to go for the babyface, not babyface. Look. Oh my god. He is. He has been going around saying that he he didn't train at all. That is some, you know what, actually, let's continue on before I get my full opinion, and that changes this show from PG-13. I was going to say, so that's basically like his boxing career. He didn't train for that either, obviously. Yes. And, neither his and brother. so now you see, and now you see why I say I don't, I don't need to see any more of Logan Paul than I have to, and let's get it over at, get it over with at Backlash. Unfortunately, we all know it's going to hit some Just slam. Shush. Yes. Shoot. Yes, get get Chad Gable and just shoot him and get him out of the ring. Let, let's be realistic. This and is, Chad Gable become a baby face again. Oh Jeebus. Yeah, right. Not, not right. After what happened in night two. Alright, so <laughs> continuing well, on. If he shoots Logan Paul, he will. Yeah, true. He's automatically gonna be a baby face. Like, woo! <laughs> you go, Shorty G, you're back. Good to see you again. Woo. Yeah. Go. Uh-uh. <laughs> Anyways, the next match we have to talk about is for the women's raw championship. Becky Lynch, who was the champion, versus Bianca Belair, and yeah, we called this. We yes, did. I I expect Becky Lynch to retain, but yeah, I'm happy that Bianca won. I'm not gonna lie. Same, same. You know, and she is the new S. Rollins championship. Oh. See what I did there? New S. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see it. Because you know that's that's what they're going Shut. for. <laughs> that's what they're going Shut for. You know your whore mouth. Oh, I am not a whore. I do not get paid to do this. I'm just a slut. Get it right, damn it. <laughs> it you. is true. I don't pay him for this show. This is all free work. I don't get paid nothing. This is all free mouth service. This is anyways, partially indentured servant, dude. So. <laughs> 
Anyways, Christine, real quick thoughts on this match. Jesus Christ, after I recovered from that. Um, <laughs> it's like, give me some time to breathe. I thought it was... I I thought it was a great match. Um, I I love that Bianca got her win back um, over Becky Lynch, and that it was again on the WrestleMania stage. I know a lot of people were were kind of thinking, "Oh, is this redundant?" Because this is two years in a row that she's gotten a win on the stage. I don't think so. Um, I think people were really itching for this after what happened yeah. in twenty six seconds uh, at SummerSlam. Um, and it's, like I said, the last time we talked about this, this is a great opportunity now for Becky to take a little bit of time off, um, and come back as, you know, the man or the Irish last kicker or something, because her heel run is not resonating with people. People don't want to boo her. Right. And like, she's, she tried hard trying to be big time Bex. Oh, she did. She I I will never I will never say anything bad about Becky Lynch. She she takes what she's given and she runs with it. She does the best with what she is what she's given to work with. And I thought she she put in some solid work on it, but it just unfortunately she's one of those characters that you know, she's she's like the female John Cena. She's like the, the female Stone Cold. People love her so much that they they're never gonna want to boo her. Right, that no is what, true. What she does, they're, they're gonna still cheer her for what she's doing, even if it's very heelish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So overall, well, there was one injury, and it was when um, <coughs> Bianca was on the ring apron, and Becky delivered mm. that kick, which actually caught her in her left eye, and it swollen it up pretty bad. Thankfully, nothing was broken, <coughs> but you know, it, it it was pretty puffy. Girl, homegirl looks like she went through it that night. Watching her on Raw on yeah. Monday night, she she took a she took a beating. That's for sure. But um, yeah, just thankfully it wasn't like a fractured orbital bone or anything like that. So, yeah. and at least she didn't get uh, Nia Jax, you know, and get a bloody nose and eye in the process. Yeah, that is true. So, so Becky yeah. kind of at least knew where to pull it at, but didn't pull it correctly but she pulled a little bit better yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah. all right so the next match and this was another highly anticipated match it was a surprise we never knew what was coming we didn't know it was gonna happen yeah let's call bs on that we had a high it was the best kept secret in the world of wrestling bullshit uh i would like to interject for a quick second before we jump into this yeah go ahead this is where i i formally retract my previous statement um, about not wanting Cody Rhodes to go to WWE and how very worried I was uh, for him if he did go back to the company. I'm sold. I'm here for it. I love it. Man looks happy as hell. The American Nightmare is in WWE, and I'm I'm ready. Yes. Indeed. So I I would like to formally re- retract the statements made here last week. Yes, and and he he is you know he is going to use his American Nightmare moniker. And apparently they, they are treating him essentially what he was getting in AEW as he's got his bus, he's got his family with him, so he he's happy with what he's getting out of this process. Yeah. And And so far not scripted. Well, okay, so at least outside of anything else other than probably his promos, but Yeah. 
which the which the promo that was supposed to be on Raw was supposed to be unscripted, but it turned out that it was actually scripted. But anyways, we're not going to touch on that too that, much. That's how Cody rolls, though, because he he likes that scripted because he wants to be more of a character than a, a sports yeah. entertainer. So right, what I mean is it's it's unscripted in the sense that they didn't probably didn't write it for him. Right, right. he probably wrote it himself, but. Yeah, and and we know Cody does that. We've seen the the BCEs um, where you see him backstage, you know, in his dressing room practicing his promo. Um, We know that he likes to go off of a script, but it's his own script. Yeah, That's what I mean by unscripted. Yes. So, overall, damn good match. Damn good match. They put each other through the ringer. Oh, but there is one thing we do have to discuss. Even though the match was fantastic, having Cody come back, just hearing the cheers and the ardulation for Cody coming back, you know, yeah. like it was electrifying. It gave me goosebumps while watching it. But there it, was, it did. We have to talk about one thing. You're talking about the wonderful attire that Seth Rollins had coming through. What the hell was Seth doing <laughs> with that oh my mother? God. I- with, with that lace onesie <laughs> romper thing that he was wearing. It, what okay, first the of all, it was, was not he, a onesie. It looked like a one. Look, he he looked it like had, it had a top, it had a coordinating top and bottom. Look, okay, he looked like he was wearing a cape that was made out of Cookie Monster, coming down to a choir that looked like all of them were on LSD. All they needed was some damn strobes, some glow sticks, and all of a sudden some techno. <laughs> But it is high fashion, all right? That is not high fashion. Look, I don't care if they call him the king of drip. I don't care if he comes out in outlandish suits. What he wore... He was trying to outdo uh, Logan Paul. It looks like he was trying to outdo... It looks like he was trying to outdo Velveteen Dream. Probably. Lace with... Like, all all he had to do was either wear the full lace... Or wear like the blue stuff, which would look like some type of fetish wear. And, you know, just all together, all he was missing was like a little purse hat and some damn pearls. That's all he was missing. You would like him to have some pearls, wouldn't you? God. I told you, I told you Saturday night I'd wear the hell out of that. In fact, Seth Rollins, if you would please be so kind as to tell me where you got that. You shut up about the poor man's style. I will insult that poor man's style until the day I am no longer breathing. Is really respect that poor, respect really the that drip. And mind you, respect I have nine lives. I will destroy that man every life <clears throat> I have. Respect the drip. The only type of respecting the drip I'm going to do <laughs> is him drowning, wearing that goddamn thing. But you know what? <clears throat> I, I'm you guys not... are way too concerned about drip. Anyways... <laughs> You know what, really what he was wearing was not proper wrestling attire. You know what? I don't care what Seth Rollins wear. He wears something that looks like my, something that my wife Stacy would wear on a Sunday night in Castle Cornet. Uh, no, no, no. This I was, was about to say, okay, Cornet, settle down. <laughs> this is a cape on refrigerator. Okay. <laughs> uh, as a side I really note, thought. I really thought what you were going to launch into when you said we need to talk about something was Cody doing the uh, homage to Stardust. You know what? I'm actually happy he did that because, in a way, um, him doing that is pretty much him sh- like showing oh, yeah. the fact he that... Oh, yeah. He was making fun of it. Yeah. Even though he specifically also said, apparently, in, in some interviews that 
have come out about his his uh, new contract. One of the things that he specifically put in the contract was no mentioning of Stardust. Yet here he goes and makes you know allusions to it. It's okay if he does it, but if I, anyone else does, yeah, it. I know because you notice when when he did that commentary very much like, danced. Wait, <laughs> well, no, he he did no, he did the he did the cartwheel, he did the the hands, but commentary very much danced around it. Like, yeah, ooh, this is kind of like the old. Cody yeah. Rhodes, not the American Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Just showing that it's two yeah, different it, people. They said they were like, oh, that's familiar. Yeah, they, they, so they definitely. I can see them. he's allowed to make fun of it, but they're supposed to not decide it. That's it, it. It didn't happen. Yeah. It's not real. Hey, just as long as, as he doesn't it. come out wearing the Stardust gimmick. Damn it, I want to see I, that. I love that. No, yeah. I never want to see that again. But as a quick side. And I was that. <laughs> As a quick side <laughs> note, because uh, um, we're, we're getting a little off the rails here again, because yep. you know, but as a quick side note, apparently you know this this gave uh, Cody his chance to uh, to beat Chris Jericho that he didn't get to do in in AEW because you know noticeably uh, Seth Rollins had a choir singing his intro music, so you know kind of like how Chris Jericho always has everyone singing his intro music. Cody Rhodes got to beat Jericho mm-hmm. in the long ways. Yep. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Six degrees of separation. All right. Six degrees <laughs> to Chris Jericho. You got this, and then that, and then this, and then apparently the ring announcer's last name is Irvin, which is the same last name as Chris Jericho. Ooh. Okay. Continuing on. <laughs> so we do have to talk about Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown women's title, which, okay, let's be serious. All in all. In- all in all. All in all, and th- this is me being serious, I'm not too upset about the match because it showed a lot of depth in Ronda's game, and she actually stepped it up. She did. She looks great. Here's a quick thought process if you guys need to hear if you guys didn't know this. The time that Ronda Rousey was on the roster before she came back here, she had a total of 36 matches is all she had the entire time. Right. That is all the matches she had. And so at that point you can obviously tell she did not really get a lot of time in the ring. She did not get mm-hmm. a chance to really learn anything. And that's including not just her singles matches, but her multi person matches where she was in tag team matches and and you know, three way matches and eighteen man matches, eighteen women matches, whatever they call it. Right. So Mm-hmm. So she really didn't get a chance to really learn very much or do very much. She actually got the basics, but that's why she really didn't get a chance to to flush out, you know, a uh, I guess you can say a demeanor in the ring. Yeah. So she that's why mm-hmm. she looked kind of flubbish in the Royal Rumble, which is what a lot of people were talking about after the Royal Rumble. It's like, yeah, Ron Rousey won, but she, she didn't really look like she knew what she was doing. She was kind of lost. She was kind of... She was kind of doing what a lot of people would say, the AEW thing, where she'd sit around and wait for the spot that she's supposed to be in at, and that's right. She didn't continue working anything, or she did. It was kind of sloppy looking, you know. So you have to admit though that those that those thirty person Raw Rumbles have to be extremely confusing to be in, so because that is way more going on than what should be ever going on in the match. And, like, me and Monkey can attest to that. I mean, Battle yeah. Royals, just in general, are, like, huge clusters. Yes. It, it's yeah. essentially 
okay, this is the person we're focusing on. You guys just do whatever the hell you want to do. Work it out amongst yourselves, what you're going to do, and just make they sure are that this person goes out at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> but continuing on, for, you know, Ronda stepping it up, you know, actually looking good like she really does belong in WrestleMania. Um, overall, I can see why WWE kept the belt on Charlotte. Right. For the time being. Now, granted, this is going to lead up to a rematch, and I think the rematch is going to happen in SummerSlam because it's getting close to the point where Charlotte and Andrade are supposed to be getting married. Right. And Charlotte's going to have to take some time off somewhere. Is she going to? Is she going to have to? We can only hope. Given given what I've seen lately, um, apparently Charlotte is once again unhappy uh, with her current title reign. I could actually see this rematch happening much sooner. So you're thinking um, backlash? backlash or I'm going to go ahead. The hell they have next? Saudi blood. I I would say I would say probably backlash or at the latest probably Money in the Bank. Yeah, that's a high possibility too. Now we all know. Just like I said, just given the rumors going around with that. Yeah, but you also have to think: when isn't Charlotte happy about her title reigns? True. Well, this is true because she she's trying to get up to you know that 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 seventeenth title reign within you know a two year period. Yeah, which if they would if they would recognize her NXT, they, she'd be much closer. They would never recognize that. Well, they they did, but then they were like, "We got to make sure it's world titles, not NXT titles, because that's developmental. They don't go anywhere. That's not world. This is world titles." Yeah. So for. It's, for everything this match was, I mean, it was good. It was a yeah, good match. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Um, it, it was. Also, one am it I happened. the only one that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, am I the only one that's kind of noticing though that? And I, it, it maybe it isn't her, but she is the common denominator in all of these. A lot of Charlotte's matches are getting very sloppy looking. Oh, I, I noticed that a long time ago. Yeah. yeah first time in like this time. is. Oh, actually, I know something before with her and uh, her and yeah. what was her name? Um, a Riot Squad member. Um, Ruby Riot. Not Ruby Riot. Ruby. So, no, where so, so Logan? Where oh, there was okay. a spot where she where she did her like weird like slingshot from the side rope into like some kind of weird roll up whatever. She completely missed it on Sarah Logan, and this is the entire yeah. time they're touting how great Charlotte is, how natural she is. And I'm looking, it's like. Well, I know that isn't Sarah Logan's script because that's that's crazy Mary Dobson. You know, she knows what the hell she's doing in the ring. Amen. This is a Charlotte screw up. It's like Right. And that's like I said, I don't I don't know if it's entirely her because I know, you know, she's been there the longest. You know, she's supposed to be, you know, one of the best. Everybody wants to talk about how Charlotte's head and shoulders above above the rest of the women's roster, but she's the common denominator in all of these matches. Wait, wait, before um, we continue, uh, show of hands who actually thinks Charlotte Flair is head and shoulders the best wrestler in the world. Save LaGreca. <laughs> yeah. No, you hit the wrong button. Oh, sorry. That, that's the one that we're looking for. <clears throat> you know, and, and no disrespect to, to you know, Charlotte Flair. She's obviously been putting in the work. She's doing a lot better than she was when she initially came out and... Again, this wasn't her initial career choice. We we, we, we kind of know the, the background on right. why she got into wrestling and 
and what what she's doing with it. And it wasn't because Daddy made her. It's because you know she she felt really bad about her brother not being able to to be able to right. do this. But yeah, so it it's was, just for somebody for somebody who's been in it as long as she has and has been given as many title runs as she has, you would think that just that she wouldn't as <laughs> level mistake wouldn't yeah. be happening still. Not even next level. It's more like, you know, the indie show. The 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 uh, backyard wrestling mistakes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. What you see here is like, you know, people like that who've gone one, through all this should not be doing this. You know, like that one idiot who broke his both of his legs that yes, but he went grasshopper. Yeah. Anyways, continuing on. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so as we all have said, yes, uh, we this kind of surprised us. We we were thinking Mondo's going to take it, but no, they they gave they kept Charlotte. <clears throat> so, uh, final match on the card. Well, kind of segment then match was the uh, the Kevin Owens and Stone Cold uh, KO show into the the lazy booking match of no DQ, whatever, whatever. So, which I called it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you did call it. He got to have a good full on match here. Um, and okay. We all know that stone cold won this, right? Stone cold put in that work. Right. And frankly, for not being in the ring for 19 years, he looked good. Well, he looks great. Even Jim Ross said that the players are talking about it, and once they got the go ahead from Austin that they're going to do it, he was training. He was getting ready for it. He was getting all set up for it. You know, it was amazing. It's a wonderful swan song for Steve Austin for finally getting that final WrestleMania moment. I loved it. It was amazing. Kevin Owens, dude, look from one proud Texan to a French Canadian. Stone Cold just taught you. <laughs> don't mess with Texas, man. D- d- don't. Can you can you imagine though the high that KO must have been riding after that? Oh yeah. To get to close out WrestleMania with a man that he's looked up to since he was a kid. Well, the the only other person other than the the main person he looked up to, which was Owen Hart. Yeah. Which is right. Um, you know, but yeah, he he got to wrestle the guy who. Owen Hart did probably the most stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it was it it was it was amazing. It was the perfect way to close out the show. I loved it. If you would have told a fifteen-year-old me who had just watched Stone Cold wrestle his last what we thought was his last match that I would be watching him again almost twenty years later, I wouldn't have believed you. Right. And, and it was the whole thing, just like with Edge before, you know, when everyone was like, you know, Edge would never wrestle again. One, one more pile driver, one more body slam, that that neck of yours is gonna be gone, and you're not gonna be able to walk, and you'll be fully paralyzed. Now that was all the thoughts that a lot of people got and heard from these situations. Yeah, and here he is getting that one last match in, and well, it wasn't his his last moment, but his last match in, which. Was a very very sweet serendipitous moment until his next last one that happened on night two. Yeah, which we'll be discussing yeah. that because now we are covering <laughs> night two of WrestleMania. So WrestleMania Sunday started off with the three way 
for the men's Raw Tag Team Championships, with which put Rated RK Bro versus Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy. So, Christine, your thoughts on this match? I got to back you up a little bit. Okay. The, the open of the show oh. with Triple H coming out oh, yes. to yes. welcome everybody to WrestleMania Sunday. And then I, I didn't even see him do it. All of a sudden, he walks away and the camera comes back to the microphone and his boots sitting in the ring. And I'm not going to lie to you. I got that somebody, I live alone, but my cat clearly started cutting onions somewhere. Yeah. Damn cats with their onions cutting. How, how dare they? So I didn't get a chance to watch it because granted I was at work, so I didn't get to watch yeah. Triple H coming to the ring and everything. It was very quick. He his music hit. He walked down to the ring. He hopped up on the the apron. Somebody handed him a bottle of water. Um, he did the typical, you know, take a swig and spit the water out. Um, and then he got in the ring, and you know, everybody just started yelling, you know, thank you to him. And he just kind of paused and took it in. And then all he said was, you know, welcome to WrestleMania Sunday. And then he walked away, leaving his boots in the ring. And I don't think it was lost on anybody um, what that meant. And commentary made a very good, um, did a very good job of pointing out that like that's a, a thing in the industry. Yeah. You know, when you retire, you leave your boots in the ring. So yeah. it, it was, it was a very short, sweet send off to to Triple H, and I I, I loved it. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Now the Raw Tag Team Championship. Yes. <laughs> All right, so as I was saying, rated RK Bro versus Street Profits versus Alpha Academy. So by far, this was a better opener than what we had for night one, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yes, night night two basically made WrestleMania look like WrestleMania. Yes. Yes. All the big, big matches on here happened. The only thing that that would have been a big match that that could have happened on this, but... Would have possibly overshadowed the, yeah. the main event. Would have been the the Owens uh, Austin thing, but yeah, that's the only right. thing that made night one kind of feel like WrestleMania. But yeah, not really. So yeah, your no, opinion. Um, I I know I said uh, last week that I really thought that the Street, street Profits would take it. Um, RK Bro obviously retained. Um, I I liked it. It was a fun match. Um, there was a lot going on, um, just like a, a triple threat tag team normally is. Right. Montez Ford, man, oh, yeah. I don't know how he does it, but every time I think that he can't possibly get any more air on that frog splash, he does. But and it is time. a thing of beauty. And this time, though, it had a little extra effect to it. Yeah, which was Riddle hitting yeah. the RKO off him when he was yeah. So that, that was, was so uh, good. yeah, and then followed up with Gable is saying, "Well, I'm gonna do the same thing," and Randy Orton's like, "No, Yo. you're not," and Damn. that was it. <laughs> so we do have to talk. Aside from rated RK Bro winning, we do have to talk about what happened after the match. I mean, Street Profits came with the red solo cups. They were going oh. to. To you know, toast rated RK bro, 
And then all of a sudden, here comes Shorty G. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Shorty G. Um, but no, they called Gable Stevenson. Yeah. The wrong Gable. You, you, yeah. you got the cables mixed up. I don't know how he did because they look so much alike. Well, I, I was skipping I, I was skipping that Gable Stevenson came up to the ring. So, yeah, they did call Gable Stevenson up to the ring, started giving him the drink, and all of a sudden here comes Shorty G. You know, at this point, he's Shorty G now after what Gable Stevenson did to him. Knocked the cup out of the man's hand, and then Gable Stevenson went beast mode. Well, uh, again, this this is also kind of a throwback to the fact that, you know, Chad Gable is Olympic-level wrestler as well as, you know, just like uh, Kurt Angle and Gable Stevenson and was in college wrestling and high school wrestling. So right. he is an actual collegiate wrestler. They had to obviously, you know, have Gable Stevenson show that I'm better than him. And, you know, yeah. or, or him try to say I'm better than Gable Stevenson, who's a new hot t- thing signed, but obviously... Being the heel, he, he gets the, the kibosh put at him. Right. And that's what it was. And it was, honestly, it was a thing of beauty. Yes. It really was. It was. It, it was, you know what? And I'm. Go ahead. Oh, I'm I'm ready for that feud. Oh, that one's going to be a fun one, quite honestly. It's really going to be a fun one. So. <clears throat> the next match, though. This is the one that, that kind of, we were, I, I, I was shocked at how this one ended. Go ahead, monkey. All right, yeah. so this was the one that we were all dreading to happen, and it it was still kind of bad, but it went the way that that we weren't expecting, which actually kind of made it good, which was Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Yes, and it was a very um, not very back and forth match, but the the match kind of went a little bit off kilter and. Omos was being pushed, 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 and then Lashley came back and beat Omos, which was very surprising. So, you know what? This match, it is what it is, in my opinion. I mean... Yeah, it... Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it wasn't wasn't a great match, um... I said it from the get go. I don't think almost is ready for ready for the WrestleMania stage, but it it did what it needed to do. They it, it's exactly how you build a monster heel. You keep feeding him, you know, wrestler after wrestler after wrestler until a star much bigger than him uh, comes around and takes him down, and that's exactly what happened. Um, now with what happened on the Raw after Mania, it makes much more sense. Yes, yeah. and. Um, and that's what a lot of people said that he needed because he should oh, not have been pushed by himself. He needed a mouthpiece, no, putting, and they, they gave him the mouthpiece that he needed. Yes, and it is absolutely the right call. Him with MVP is perfect. Um, aside from Paul Heyman, there isn't another. There isn't a better mouthpiece in the business um, than MVP. You sure? I mean, so, I mean, Smart Mark Sterling does a great job in AEW. I mean, <laughs> Look. Well, we were you, gonna do, you know, uh, this person. You, you know, I had. Anyways, to, I had to do it, Christine. <laughs> I, I know your disdain for that man, but I had to. I had to. I'm just waiting until somebody finally kicks his head off his shoulders. That's all. Well, that'll be Marina Shafir here in a little bit. Hopefully, maybe we we'll can. See. Or, 
or Jade's going to finally get tired of him. But this is a conversation for another day because that's the wrong brand. Yeah. 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 We'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right. So the next match we have to discuss is Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. And Bob. oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Do you know what? So I have to start. Okay. I have to start by saying that. So I had invited some friends over to watch night two of Mania with me. Um, three friends that really don't watch WWE at all. One barely watches AEW. Um, <clears throat> one of them is a, a former wrestling fan from when she was a kid. They, they were late getting to my house. They walked into my house the moment Sami Zayn was coming down to the ring. All right. So I, I had to, no, they, they walked in right as Johnny Knoxville was coming down to the ring. That's what it was. Right. And they all three stop in my living room and look at the TV and go, what on earth is happening? And I had this moment of, I could try to explain this to you guys. It's like, just, just sit down and watch. Or, or just go, just, just sit down and wait and see. And that's exactly what I did. And it was, I couldn't have imagined a perfect time for them to come in because this match was a train wreck, but a phenomenal train wreck. You know, I got to watch quite a bit of the, of the match. And you know what? I, I don't care. In my opinion, this is one of the matches that really made WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Because everything that the Jackass crew threw at Sami Zayn, it was perfect. Because you knew this wasn't going to be an ordinary match. You oh, know? God, no. I just, I didn't think it was going to be that off the rails. <laughs> and just seeing Wee Man pick up and slam Sami Zayn. Right, and then, then Johnny Knoxville pressing the button on that remote and releasing the pyro, and <laughs> and of course Mark Henry and May Young's son making his WrestleMania debut. Yes. yes, that that was that was amazing. But and I'm so glad that Pat McAfee was the one to call this. Yes, yes, he deserved calling that one. Yeah, and Chris Pontius. Coming out as party boy. <laughs> Wearing the freaking denim. <laughs> wow. You it know, was amazing. Stuff that we didn't need to see in WrestleMania, but it still made WrestleMania. This would and be you a, just a, tell a, a Michael Cole. I probably just fast forwarded through. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Really and Michael <laughs> Cole, the poor guy, was so lost. He did not one bit understand what was happening in front of his face. Thank God for Pat McAfee. He is right? a national treasure, that man. He really is. I, I, I can't find one bad thing to say about this match, to be honest with you. It was it was a train wreck with the best sense of the word. Um, all four of us sat here and laughed our asses off the whole time. Um, I loved it. I would probably watch that one again, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was perfect for what it was, for what it was. And we knew it wasn't going to be okay. Now don't get me wrong. Johnny Knoxville actually came out and he was doing well. He was, he was doing very well. Like he put in some time and that was alluded to that Montez Ford was helping Johnny Knoxville train for the match. And, you know, get ring ready and everything, you know, for, uh, for everything that went into the match by far, that was one of the matches of the night for me, pretty much one of the matches yeah. of the pay-per-view. 
Yep. And honestly, I could picture Johnny Knoxville coming out in Seth Rollins gear, and I wouldn't be phased by it, but, you know. <laughs> and I also think that's the first time we've ever seen a uh, life-size mousetrap yes. be used as the uh, finishing move in a match. And it was fantastic. Okay, granted, it froze up a bit, and it didn't work at first, but... It still it worked. It doesn't out. matter. It was so great. I loved it. Uh, at least it wasn't the uh, you know exploding ring match from the other show. Yeah, we're not going to discuss that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was a pew. Continuing on, now we got to talk <laughs> about the women's four way match for the women's tag team titles, which was Naomi and Sasha Banks, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, Queen Zelina and Carmella. And Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Right. You know what? Let's just skip this match. Uh, so we're Jim Cornetting it? it yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, just Sasha Banks and Naomi win as they, and I'm happy for them. Moving on. Yep. Good. Continue. Team Athletic win. Got it. Yep. Pretty much. All right. So the next match of actual importance that we're going to be discussing is Edge versus AJ Styles. Yes. Good God almighty. This one was oh my God. another kind of swerve. This was our it, it first was. injury tonight too happened. Yeah. D- during well during during the intro of this match, which is when AJ Styles came yeah. out. Um apparently uh one of the um parts of the entryway was sticking out kinda weird and he kind of ran to it which cut his cheek. Yep. Oh okay. which is why he was bleeding when he was came out to the ring, which is why everyone was like, Why is he bleeding? Nothing's happened yet. What did he get hit by something with the pyro or yeah. Someone throw something. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was the. I thought it was the pyro because, to me, for a quick second there, it it did look like a burn. Yeah. Um. So there's actually a clip of him actually getting hit whenever trying to walk out. Okay. So, so he 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 clipped the part of the the entry area, which then afterwards apparently everyone that was coming out was told by like four or five producers, hey, make sure you're toward the middle of the entryway. When you're coming out, AJ got hit in the face with that part there, so don't get hit. Yeah, because AJ was gotcha. pissed that he that he could hit that. Yeah, before the match even started. Oh, I'm sure. So let's actually. You could you could see it when he was coming down that he would not have about something. Oh, he was pissed. Oh yeah, he was pissed. Very pissed. Very very pissed. But now we have to talk about the match. Yes, which again, this one was kind of one of the surprise ways that it went, but it was a match that we knew was going to be good. Yeah, but it went mm-hmm. kind of a different rail than we were expecting. Um, Edge came out playing um, essentially Brood maxed up to Ministry of Darkness. Essentially, is mm-hmm. what his his new gimmick is. Or as Brody King nicely put it, when you buy the House oh. of Black on Wish. <laughs> so let's just talk. Yeah, about and the- he is getting he is getting destroyed for that right now. By the way. Hey, honestly, I agree with Brody King on that one. Hey, now, if you really, really want to talk about it, Edge did the gimmick first. Yeah, that is true. So, technically, House of Blood is brewed on Wish. Yeah. And and also, also, you're the, the, you know, the second best Brody in AEW, so lower your voice. Oh, snap. Damn. We were talking about fire shot. Anyways, continuing on. (laughs) We can all agree that this match, for what it was, was also amazing. Yes, very, very good match. Oh, absolutely. This was a dream match between both of these guys. They both wanted this match. They've both been wanting this match. And if you really think about it, these two both, their careers both started about the same time. Yep. 
And yep. AJ was in WCW back in the day as, you know, um, Air Air uh, Air. Uh, it wasn't Air Paris. It was the other Well, one. Air Paris was the one guy, but. It was, I know the team was Air Raid. Air Raid, that's it, yes. Yeah. Because it was Air Paris and AJ Styles were the, were the members. Yeah. So they were there kind of as part of a weird thing, contract with whatever local group was out in that area at the time before he became part of TNA. Yeah. So. So he got started in WCW about that time frame, and that's about the same time Edge showed up in WWF, WWE, um, you know, right at the beginning of the Edge era. So mm-hmm. they've both been around the sport for a good 20-plus years, almost 30 years here. And so they've both been in it for a while. They've both seen each other, and they but they never were in the same spot at the same time. And that's when, when Edge was able to come back a couple years ago at Royal Rumble. That's why Edge was like, or AJ was like, yo, Hit me with the spear. I'm going to take it really hard, like, just because I want to mm-hmm. sell it for you because you deserve this. Yeah. This is a match I've wanted all my, all my career. So we can all agree that the match was amazing. Yes. The ending. It was, it was fantastic. The ending, though. Yes. So the, the ending. I, I didn't agree with the ending because having Damian Priest come out and be a distraction for Edge. Yeah. And it was... I sat here, like, I saw Damian Priest standing ringside, and I I instantly went to Confuse, which, you, if, if anybody, you know, listens to Busted Open um, and listens to Bully Ray talk, the worst thing you can have a wrestling fan is, is confused. Yeah. You never want them confused by what's going on, and I was confused, because they really hadn't been... Building I mean, anything. yeah, you've seen, no, they weren't building anything other than, you know, a couple of, of backstage interactions of Damian Priest, you know, basically praising Edge, you know, giving her a fist bump, you know, like, hey, man, really look up to, really look up to you, blah, blah, blah. But that was when Damian Priest was probably the deepest into his baby face run. Right. Um, and so it was just like, well, what? And and we haven't really had up until Monday Night Raw had not had a really clear cut dive into Damian Priest's heel. Right. right. Yeah, he, he, he was still kind of towing that line of a tweener. Yeah. His, and so him showing up at ringside, I was just like, "What? Why? Why is he here? What is going on?" And I just found myself watching him and not the rest of the match. See, it didn't make any sense. It distracted the fans. It distracted. Hey, if there were some of the fans that worked on Styles. Yeah. That's why he Styles lost. Well, I mean... It, it's confused. Like, wait, are yeah, you confused? it confused yeah. everybody. But it, you're right. It shouldn't have confused anyone. Like, if they would have done build-up for this, if they would have alluded to it, it would have made a lot more sense. They just threw it in just for the hell of it. Right. Yeah. And But the, the only good thing about this, though, is hopefully this gets rid of the whole Damien... And Priest, Damien, and Priest. Yeah. Hopefully it gets rid of that crap. I, I'm all for it. True. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the new disciple, basically, of Edge. And 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 pairing Damien Priest with Edge, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he deserves he, he deserves such a big push. And, and you know uh, that does also and hopefully getting him with Edge is gonna strap the rocket to his back. Hopefully. And, and you know what else that does? It gives a new tag team to wrestle for the tag team titles, damn it. 
That is true. There you go. That is true. <laughs> All right. So next match we have to discuss is New Day versus Sheamus and Holland. You know what? We're, yeah, you know what? The, the match that everyone kind of forgot about, and they're like, oh, shit, we were kind of building up to this. Um, let's throw it out there. Okay, you do this, you do that, okay. Uh, New Day, you guys are going to lose. Okay, Butch are going to do your thing. And uh, yeah, that's good, okay. All right, so I think we can all agree that we're going to cornet the hell out of this one too because I, I'm pissed off at this match, honestly. I, don't I really want to discuss it. I but, am too. My, my two biggest things that I just want to mention is if they were going to cut it from night one, they should have just left it off because it's almost more insulting that they smashed it together the way that they did in the night two. Um, and that this, the shit going on with Butch, ever since they renamed him from he's done, he's no longer even the same character he used to be. When have you ever seen Pete Dunn act so irrationally you know what it during is. somebody else's match? Yeah. I can tell you exactly what it is. They, they they found the old uh, the old stage notes for uh for Lil Guido as Nuncio. What they did. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. That's all they did. It's I, I have a Napoleon complex where I I gotta act like I'm the badass guy in the world, you know. Yeah. But I gotta wait till the guys down before I do it. Right. And I'm nothing he did. Nothing he did during that match at all matches the character that he has been building for years. Agree. And I'm gonna I'm leave it there and move on. All right, monkey. Next match is yours. All right. So the next match is the match that we were all wanting to see. The match of the night. The top of the top. The cream of the crop. It was Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Yes. Yes. And this match <laughs> again, it was one of those we knew it was gonna be a good match. But it, it kind of wasn't a surprise finish, at least from my my opinion, because we were all expecting, you know, Austin Theory was going to come out of it as the victor, either by some shen- shenanigans of some sort. But you know, it was to to strap the rocket to Austin Theory to show that he was the the next big star. But McAfee came out with the win, which again was very good for him. Kudos to him, and it it was actually a believable win. Okay, so. Let's just start off with Pac Fat, Pat McAfee is a national treasure. Yes. That man He's needs amazing. to be protected at all costs. That he made that match. You know, we Absolutely. You know, we've touted Austin Theory being a natural athlete, you know, being like gifted in wrestling. He has a very unique factor to him that, you know, he's going to go far. He yes. he really is going to go far. But this match screams Pat McAfee. Yes. And yeah. And not not only did they swerve us with Pat McAfee winning, then they swerved us with the Atherbirth. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to try to avoid this part, but you well, know this, what? this we all can't. runs together. No, you can't. This is I the know. best part of it. So, for those who didn't watch night two of WrestleMania, Pat McAfee won. Out. Yeah, you definitely missed out. Pat McAfee lost. Vince McMahon no. went up and... Oh, go no, ahead. wait, wait. Pat McAfee won against Austin Pat McAfee won. Yeah, he won. Sorry, my bad. And Aust- McMahon had to say, you don't do that? Not here, pal. I'm in on this now. He pulls off the jacket, <laughs> revealing the genetic jackhammer that he is. That man, 
for him being at age 70 whatever he 74 he is still jacked okay so like like, so before we continue talking about this there was a clip of him on youtube showing someone that didn't believe that he can do a thousand pound squat yes he did it yes and even even mcfee made made the the comment i believe on smackdown that you know he, he he saw the chairman of the company doing a thousand pound squat you know, I am not, you know, ready for this. This is truly the greatest thing ever. Yeah. So, so continuing yeah. on, see McMahon take off the jacket, take off the tie, take off the shirt, reveal the black tank top that we all know he loves to wear and still being yeah. jacked as the, hell. The only thing he was missing was his black rag. Yep. Oh, geez. You know, let, let's not talk okay. about that. Let, let's <laughs> avoid that. So, anyways, yeah. as we all know, he he squares up to McAfee. He's looking at him. McAfee is looking at him. So we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. Bam! Theory comes in, trips up. McAfee pulls him into the corner post, crotching him there. Uh, Theory gives Vince McMahon a football. Uh, McMahon taunts the the punt, and then just kicks the ball into McAfee, and then pulls McAfee in for the cover, and the ref counts it because you know what's he gonna do? McMahon knows the company. Yeah. Now we do have to talk no, about the brutality but, that McMahon did bring into this match. He brought in that ruthless yeah. aggression. Now, Christine, what are your thoughts on this one? I honestly, as soon as McAfee started taunting uh, Mr. McMahon, I, I, all four of my friends and I, we all like scooted to the edges of our seats, like, no, no way. And then I was like, wait, yeah, do it, do it. So let's go. This is the and most then, you know, I had, I had, I had a brief moment of, oh God, wait, no, this man's too old for this. And I was like, oh, screw it. Let's go. <laughs> and I mean, the, he can still hit a clothesline like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll give him that. Um, but let's just stop to think for a quick second. We had not only stone cold, but also Vince McMahon in matches, sanction matches in 2022. Which then led to the what? afterbirth, afterbirth. What a fucking year, guys. <laughs> yep. All right. So this does lead up to Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out. Oh, my God. And running. The music, the music hits, which also, by the way, if you, if you watch that back, and Vince kind of a little bit stooges it off because Austin Theory's music hit and Vince quickly looked to the ramp like, oh my God, what is that? They, they played the wrong Austin's music. Yeah. <laughs> kind of misses you a little bit, but it's fine. I, I, this is another one of those I can gloss over just about anything because we just went straight back to 1999. <laughs> and just seeing Austin come in. Austin hits a, a stone cold stunner on Austin. And then he gets down to the ring and does the face off. Vince begs him off. And then Austin's like, well, you know, let's have a beer. Come on. For good old time's sake, Vincey. 
They take some drinks and then boom, there you go. There goes the stunner on Vince. Okay, so pause right there. Let's talk about how Vince took that stunner. Vince kind of flopped it, but you know, hey, Vince is seventy years old. I, I'm not going to fault him for it. I'm going to fault him just a bit. Yeah, minute. I'm going to hey, fault him. Just this is right. He's still can't. He still can't. He still can't. He can take it right. You know, he, he, he still can't take a stunner. Yeah. You know, he, he he always sucked at taking stunners. Wow, that doesn't sound right. Well, you know, yeah, Vince I, isn't used to you know being the one doing the. The bending over and going forward at person. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, let's get Okay. And it led to Pat McAfee having a drink with one of his childhood idols, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it went off without a hitch. And they went up to the ramp and they celebrated like rock stars. And then Stunner, Stunner <laughs> McAfee. I was going to say, are we, are we missing the fact that he did that? No, no, I was trying to lead up to that. The best part of it came <laughs> when McAfee was down from the Stunner. And Stone Cold was still celebrating. He was like, I got an air beer. I'm going to drink it here. I don't care. I'm good. <laughs> McAfee was enjoying yeah. beer while being prone. So he's like, I'm drinking still. Fuck it. There was so, a bomb. So it was by far one of the most memorable nights. I mean, Pat McAfee... This was like his ultimate dream. And, you know, oh, like, yeah. thank you, Vince. You know, I'm going to say it. Thank you, Vince McMahon, for yes. doing this for Pat McAfee. Yes. Granted, of course, this yeah. this leads me to believe that there's going to be an actual match between McAfee and McMahon somewhere down the road. Had it. <laughs> no, I mean another <laughs> one. I mean another one. Why, why not? Let's, let's do it. That's, 2022 has been a weird year. Let's just keep it rolling. All right. Um. And then after that, there was a small match after that. Uh, something about a unification yeah. match and yeah, somebody ended up winning it. Uh, things <laughs> in Suplex City. I think it might have been. Let's get bisques. I I don't know. You know what? Okay. okay. So <laughs> <laughs> honestly, though, we 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 do have to talk about this match because this was the the big one, the most stupendous match of all time. The winner take all. The unification match that we never thought we would see. Rock versus Hogan. I mean, what? Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Get it right. It's Mick Foley versus Austin Theory. Jesus Christ. Stone Cold Austin Theory. <laughs> All right, so. I hope to God they never actually do that gimmick on Austin Theory. I'd puke. He'll come out with a ball cap just like Kevin Owens did. All right, so. Anyways. So this was the match, and... um. The uh, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the unification, to which obviously they were going to give the big match introductions. The ring announcer gets ready to give the introduction, and of course Paul Heyman jumps in there, takes the mic, gives the introduction for the reigning, defending Tribal Chief, and that's Roman Reigns. Gives the mic back, but then Brock intercepts the mic and gives his introduction. The cowboy ass kicker, Brock Lesnar. You don't have that boy. So, this match went pretty heavy right away, which actually did result in a couple of injuries in this match. Which um, mm-hmm. this is the reason why on Raw when Reigns came out, there was no craziness other than him just talking. Uh, apparently, Reigns did suffer some kind of bicep or shoulder injury. So it was actually a shoulder yeah. injury due to that Kimura. Actually, before that. It was yeah. before oh, before. No, it, I thought it was during the Kimura. Um, it was somewhere in the middle of the match before the, the big, big end part where he had him in the Kimura for a long time. Um, oh. he, he, had a, 
Because I know they said it was because they had like about another 10 minutes a- after that they noticed the injury. People noticed the injury before the match ended. So, unless that Kamara was on for a good 20 minutes. It was that Kamara. So, the way that Brock synced in that Kamara in an actual jujitsu tournament. I'll show you the jujitsu tournament. A- anyways, it's like, I'm serious now. Yeah. In an actual jujitsu tournament, like that would cause someone to tap in real life. In an actual fight situation, that would be an automatic bone break, not only towards the shoulder, but also to the elbow where the lock is held. He had that sunk in deep. Um, I actually was kind of wondering closer towards the beginning of the match when, you know, Lesnar started, you know, taking him to Suplex City and then he hit him with the F5. I was going to say, I kind of think it. I think it might have happened during the suplexes because yes. I'm going to be honest with you. Brock has been throwing people kind of weird with those suplexes lately. Yeah, well, he he's kind he's of landing them. them they, he's landing them on their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. So and he's he's too big. He's got too much power to be doing release suplexes. Yeah, which is true. Which is that's probably where it came out of is somewhere in the, the combination which, of suplexes and then the, the F5. That's what happened to. That's what happened to Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah. So he was say, he was he was getting thrown onto his shoulder instead of you know high between the shoulders. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. I mean, it, it's that whole premise of just because you're bigger to do it, you shouldn't do it. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He, which is weird because he never used to really. It, I don't. Well, yeah, his suplexes have kind of always been a little bit of a release suplex, but. I, think, I feel like he used to hold on to him longer. So I think it was because the guys were a little bit lighter that he was doing that too. Yeah. Also. So with the, <laughs> they were a lot lighter. Seeing how he's been working with guys around his size and if not just a little bit bigger, you know, mm-hmm. he's really just muscling them over to get that extra. Um, yeah. So, but anyways, and I noticed none of those bigger guys are landing right. Yeah. No, they're not because the thing is the way he's doing it. He's doing it with an initial bridge, but he begins twisting to the side before the release. Yeah. So, which is probably a thing to kind of protect himself also because he's not landing on his own head. Yeah, but then that also does make it kind of strange for them to land as well. So overall, we can say that. And yes, of course, Roman Reigns won it. You know, they had but to. There was one more thing in there also. Yeah, they kicked uh, in the nuts. Well, not even, not even before that actually. <laughs> Um, apparently there was at one point where um, it looked like he might have had some rib injuries as well as what yeah. happened to Lesnar in the match. So something mm-hmm. with the combination of the suplexes and then spears and whatnot in there. The spears, yeah. Um, he he got hit pretty solid with a couple of the spears. So so Roman can maybe think those were a receipt. He gave his receipt to him. So yeah, I'm, yeah. Like these two beat the ever living hell out of each other. I mean, it, they did. Th- this is the, the finish was very sudden, though. Yeah. I so, thought, and it could be because of the injuries. Yeah. yeah. And well, it was a Brock match, so you know the Brock matches, just like the, um, you know the uh, Goldberg matches, tended to be pretty quick and over with matches. Usually, true. Whether it be one going over or the other. Yeah. So overall. What do y'all think about the entire WrestleMania weekend? It was obviously a lot of the matches are kind of they didn't really feel like a WrestleMania, but then again, that's also because 
as a lot of people were, were pointing out, that this this WrestleMania was very late to getting finalized. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. hurt it a lot. Um, a lot of times before, even Cornette has mentioned that when he was part of the booking committee in WWF, WWE, they had that WrestleMania card solid and set back in, like, December, at the latest early January before WrestleMania. They would have that all set up and ready to go, and all the stories just fell into place where they were supposed to fall into at WrestleMania time. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah. What were your thoughts on it, Christine? I, you know, despite things not coming together um, probably the way they should have everything, the, the build-up to WrestleMania couldn't have felt less like the road to WrestleMania. However, once we once we got to WrestleMania weekend, I I gotta say I think it's one of the one of the best um, manias that I've I've watched in quite some time. Um, I sincerely hope that it stays a two day event going forward because well, it is so much easier to digest in two four hour chunks rather than you know a nine hour night. Um, I I loved it. I, I, despite some of the more lackluster, um, matches that I didn't think belonged on the card, I, I still, I can't, I can't find a whole lot of bad to say about it. Right. And, and just as a quick side note, we did have the, the, uh, the after effects of, of the WrestleMania weekend, which as we stated before on Monday Night Raw, uh, they set up for the, uh, a match between... Uh, they had the rematch between uh, Breaker and Dolph Ziggler where Breaker re- re- regained the title. Uh, they set up some other randomness on Raw. Yeah, that's yeah, about that. Yeah, and Cody's, Cody's Cody, promo. Yeah. Yep, Cody coming out and saying, you know, this is where he where he's going to start going for the world title, World Universal Heavyweight Championship of NXT, WCW, ECW, and the world of universes, DC, Marvel, <laughs> you know, all those things. Because it's going to be in the stars. If he, can't, if he can't give the title to the American dream, he can at least put it around the waist of the American nightmare. That is go. true. All right, so. And then on NXT, they had the rematch between Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai and uh, Raquel Gonzalez, which then went the opposite way where... Toxic Attraction regained the titles by the interference of Wendy Chu coming out to basically do the same thing she did at the pay-per-view, but this time Mandy Rose stopped her, and that set that up. So, and then they basically took out all them, and so they got the title back. Uh, The Creed Brothers had their match against Imperium, which that broke down to Imperium looking like a separation, and then they revealed the attackers to Creed, on NXT, which were uh, NXT UK's Pretty Deadly, showed up. Oh, so yes, that's just that part, and that also set up for there was supposed to be a setup for obviously MSK against uh, uh, Grayson Waller and Sanga for next week. But again, like we said, we don't know how that's going to go now with the recent release of Nash Carter, and then they also did set up for Solo Sokoa versus uh, Cameron Grimes. For the North American title somewhere down the road, which basically Solo came out that and should be good. threw out the challenge and basically gave his big speech and mentioned how he's from a bloodline of champions, 
which obviously that got the oost chance going on. And Cameron Grimes is like, all right, well, I respect you, man. You came out and said it to me to my face like a man. I will give you the towel shot. When that's going to happen, we don't know. All right. So, uh, so let's call it a SmackDown part of the Bud Line confirmed. Got probably. it. And then also we <laughs> had the main event which was uh, Braun Breaker defending his now NXT championship title against Gunther, which turned into Braun Breaker kicking out of everything, which was very crazy, very scary. He got hit with the with the power bomb. He got hit with a big splash. He got hit with a super chop. He kicked it all of it, and then he hit him with the power slam, uh, grill press power slam for the win. All so, right, so, so that is the after effects. So we are getting close to time because yes. we are running a little bit longer and to the point to where Anchor probably will not accept this. So yes, they won't. We're we'll take it. We'll we're, take it like it. Hopefully, because the thing is, once we hit past a certain time, they won't take it. Ah. And then we'd have to go back and do all this all over again. Mm. So yeah, no. I would like to thank my special guest, Christine Ann, for coming on to the show once again to review all the matches for WrestleMania and soaring the digital airwaves with us. Thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure. And as always, I do have to... I have to thank my co-host, my best friend, my brother from another mother, the man, the myth, the legend, Monkey, for joining us on another Thursday evening. Thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure. And this has been another episode of Cheshire's Place, a looking glass and a logical madness. I've been your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. And just as my namesake, the Cheshire Cat, I am everywhere, yet nowhere. Stay tuned for next week's topics and episodes. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.